What's going on, everyone? Welcome to the Season Gaming Bitcast, episode 199. We are one episode away from our 200 spectacular, which we'll detail a little more uh, at the end of the show. But I am your host, Ainsley Bowden, joined by a weird mix of a cast today, but we'll explain. Yeah, I mean, I don't know who this guy at the bottom is, but on my right, as usual, the dapper-looking Thai guy, Travis, who looks a little more awake this week, I may say. McClunky. Yeah, I am awake. I am awake. I was playing a, a new game that I'm reviewing uh, before before the show. So, okay, all right. To talk about that today. Okay, all right. Yeah, well, we've got some some games to talk about that you've been reviewing that I've heard about. Um, also, uh, let's see. So, a couple things. Uh, Rick Hogue, as you know him, will be joining us in a little bit. He's running a little late today. He had some Easter stuff going on, so uh, he'll be joining us shortly. And Dan is actually traveling. He's in New York City at the moment with his family. So in place of Dan, we have brought on this random dude off the street. You might know him. I think he hosts some Xbox show. I don't know. I don't know what's going on. Uh, he went viral this week. <laughs> I did. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. <I> Luke Lore, <laughs> host of the Xbox Expansion Pass. You know him well. Good morning, man. Morning, man. Thank you for having me on. It is always one of my joys when I get to be on BitCast. No joke, no exaggeration, no silliness. I love this show, and I really enjoy you guys, so it's a pleasure when I get to hang out with you. Sweet, sweet. Um, I apologize for this weird camera angle I'm working on. I got a new desk this week and haven't figured the camera out, so you get to look at, like, four chins during the whole show. If you're watching this on video, it's, nice. it's a really good setup I got here. So I, we're I'll, all thinking. That's yeah, we're I, all know, thinking. I know. I'll figure it out for next week, but... Um, but yeah, we got a uh, you know pretty light news week, guys. So uh, I thought what we would do today is have kind of a broader conversation, which uh, Elden Ring kind of brought it back a lot more over the past several weeks, which is what makes a really good open world game. So we're going to talk about that as our main topic today. Hopefully, Rick will be here in time for that. Of course, once we get started on that. But first, you know, we've got a couple other things to cover, including what we've been playing. We've uh, got some Halo to talk about, some Battle Royale kind of details that have started the leak that are coming. We'll touch on that. We've got uh, CD Projekt Red still working on Cyberpunk, some details on that as well. So, uh, But before we get to that, Luke, I want to talk about what happened this week with your interview, man, because uh, sure. uh, I kind of laugh at myself a little bit as we have done offline, but um, you reached out to me, as you always do after your interview, and we kind of talked about it, and I had so much going on that I didn't even get a chance to you know, put it up. I haven't, I still haven't finished listening to the entire thing. I'm about three quarters of the way through it. Um, and funny enough that this interview with Lauren Lanning, creator of the Odd World series, uh, happened to just blow up as soon as you posted it across every major site this week. So what was that like? It, it was, it was interesting. It was cool. It was just a little bit, bit odd. I, I don't know. It was an, it was a strange thing because that's not happened before. And I would have thought, there are other things with people that I've interviewed before that I would have thought would have taken attention. Right. Um, but this one, this one kind of caught fire. And on the one hand, it was really cool because it brought a ton of eyes to XEP. I got a lot of messages from people saying they just discovered the show and the interview uh, list, which is over 70 people long now at this point. And um, it, it was really neat in a lot of ways. And the other side of it was, a lot of people, some news sites, though, though there were quite a few that did get the context, a lot of them took things out of context. And, and Lord Landing was in no way attacking PlayStation. In fact, he took full responsibility for the way the deal went down. But his use of the word devastating was taken out of context by so many people. Yep. Um, that was kind of a, a bummer to, to feel like I had a, a part in, in that misrepresentation of his interview. But I think people that listened to it got a full full idea of what he was saying. And 
it was odd. I think the, the craziest part for me was shows and websites that I really look up to. Some of them were very dismissive of me and others gave yeah. me a ton of credit. Yeah, it was very odd. Um, I had a lot of just like, it was like people that I really like were just like, oh, this Xbox thing show, whatever. And I was like, huh, okay. Um, but I did have a really cool interaction with one person in the games industry who had in their article, uh, rep- very reputable site, misquoted the name of the show. And I reached out via DMs, uh, didn't hear back from her within 12 hours, and then emailed because open DMs can be a mess, right? Um, and they were so apologetic, so kind and respectful and complimentary. It was just a cool feeling, I guess. Um, so yeah, a lot of really mixed emotions to go through it, but uh, it was it was it was really neat, I guess, in some ways, for sure. That's cool. That's Thanks, cool. Man. So what uh what Lauren was uh, actually saying, right, is yeah. that um, they signed the deal at a time. So listen to the interview because it's a great it's a great interview, uh, truly. Uh, and there's a lot of context there, and it'll help you understand how some of these deals are struck if you don't have any context, uh, especially with things like PS Plus and Game Pass, etc. But what he was actually saying is the fact that you know they were at a time in development where they had to kind of essentially take the deal from a financial perspective, mm-hmm. um, and on the tail end, in hindsight. Um, you know, it, it, they looked at it in a kind of uh, not a negative way. They've always, as you pointed out, they really appreciated PlayStation and, and kind mm-hmm. of what PlayStation has done for them. So that's what was taken out of context. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, it was just one of those things where it happened to be a time where they, they kind of had to do what they had to do to get the game done and keep the studio rolling. Mm-hmm. So yeah. interesting. It, it was funny to think that that's what caught fire. And I think like less than a month ago, I talked to somebody that talked about the Madden review cycle or, or Madden development cycle and yep. why that didn't you get it versus like the word devastating just played a huge part in people running away with the narrative. And um, it was just interesting to, to yeah. watch how it works. But I was appreciative of all the new eyes and, and, and whatnot. That was cool. 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 Do you feel that outlets ran away with the narrative? Because I guess as somebody who doesn't really interact with like commenters and stuff is Mm -hmm. that it, it seemed to me like the outlets presented the story correctly, right? Like Mm -hmm. he he did say that it was devastating sales. That was his sentiment. It's just that there's more context that doesn't fit in a headline that the articles also included, at least the one I read on, you know, IGN site. And it seemed like the commenters reaction to the headline was actually what was taking things out of context, not the articles itself. So very good point. I think a lot of the reputable sites did a good job in their articles of, of giving context because I was very sensitive to that because this is the first time it's happened to me. So I was reading a lot of the, the articles and whatnot. And um, even in like IGN's daily fix, they did a very good job of explaining what happened. Um, Some of the podcasts out there did not. And that was a little strange, but the outlets, the bigger ones did give context. It was the headline that is eye-catching and there's an element to the industry that is important when it comes to headlines to bring eyes on to a story. Uh, and then commenters, to your point, were the ones that mostly ran away with it. There were a few, uh, I, I think I would call them enthusiast sites that spun it one way or another. And that is what it is. You know, it's a kind of a necessary part of it. Um, but most of the, what I would say, reputable elements did a very good job at breaking down the bigger context of the article and, and, Without PlayStation, Lauren Landing would not have finished Oddworld Soulstorm, right? For sure. And and that is the part that I think was lost on a lot of people um, in in multiple communities. And it was just interesting to 
see people change that narrative um, in a lot of ways. But yeah, I mean, I just had. I mean, I mean two two things can be true. He he also he needed PlayStation, and the deal he made was devastating to sales. I think that both of those things are true, but. Um, I get why the headline was the way it was, but I also don't think that the headline that everybody was using was inaccurate. I mean, it was a quote from him. It's technically not inaccurate. It's just, it's it's that type of headline, right? It's also not inaccurate to what happened, though. No, 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 sure. I know. But it, yeah. it's it's obviously used in a way as yeah, like, I, I think, far to drive yeah. a certain emotion. Yeah, I, I think by the commenters, though, that was just my impression. Because if you read the headline, you go, oh, what does that mean? And then you read the article and you're like, oh, okay, I get it now. Like that makes sense. Yeah, just sort of. Yeah, I don't know. It, it, just to me, it seemed like the runaway was with, as as Luke said, enthusiast sites, which I also have like zero interaction with. So I, hey. I probably am out of the loop there. Are you an enthusiast? <laughs> well, no, site? technically, uh, yeah, we're not yeah. Site, <laughs> I was gonna so say I right. thought you guys were the opposite of that. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, like I, I think the enthusiast site and people who are, you know, we're always gonna make their own narrative, no matter what the article headline was. Uh, yeah kind of ran away with it but i don't know i saw a lot of like vitriol for like headline hate and i was like but, but that headline's accurate i don't understand what the problem is like he, that was a direct quote from the interview and it will also in context made sense I, I don't know yeah i i take issue with it a little bit but i i'm i'm very sensitive to headlines like that um i str i struggle with writing them like we'll have good news or info right and i i will write a headline that's not as catchy because i feel almost I'm weird, man. I feel almost like guilty if I write something that is purposely written to sound more um, either egregious or, you know, just kind of catch someone's eye like, oh, what's that? Like, you know, like I, it that doesn't sit well with me a lot of the time. But I, I do what, agree what, with you. But what the, headline would you have used for that? I don't know. I haven't thought about it. I, I, I would have been very basic, you know, like Lauren Landing discusses, you know, how PlayStation Plus in, in uh, you know, so uh, it's that's how that's how i tend to title xcp episodes and it does me no favors in fact it works against me and oh i know i'm aware. Um, it's one of the other elements of it is i've been working really hard at getting better at thumbnails because i'm notoriously bad at them right and i've been doing <laughs> tutorials and using templates and like if you look at the last three episodes or so you'll see like a genuine progression and it's really hard to create thumbnails without the big face or all bold words bright light you know and yeah like that kind of stuff and i go through the same thing and it is to a detriment to traffic for sure yeah. um but it he did say that it's the problem with people that i think that don't read the article or whatnot yeah. and to me that's that's the real problem is people that do not read articles like i don't think blaming headlines is the right move it's like blame the people that don't read the article <laughs> like, yeah me, but anyway. i i get stuck on that one travis yeah. too because like it the headline feels misleading and it's not but it is and there's an intangibility <laughs> to it and i'm stuck i think in between you guys in terms of like the the vibe for for what we would do and uh you know i'm i, I don't have a better answer for how that happens you know yeah because because both can be true yeah. yeah i guess i put the onus more on like an informed public like you know doing well, there's your problem like well i mean <laughs> but, i mean put it putting your problem on all putting it also on like outlets uh not writing things in a way that like drive traffic also seems kind of bizarre you know it, I mean? like either fair. way either way yeah. you're putting it on someone that's like one one that's acting against its self-interest which is the public by not being informed and then the other one that is acting it's an interest so if i had to if i had to put the onus on one of those groups i'd say probably 
you know, if the articles are inaccurate, that's one thing. And I'm, you know, I'm in no, by no means defending large outlets, including IGN for always having the headline and the content. Correct. I just think in this case, I was kind of surprised that I saw your guys' comments online and I was like, I don't think that that headline's inaccurate. It's, mm. I mean, I, I listened to what he said. I was like, that's what he it's said. It's not inaccurate. It's inflammatory. Yeah. Inflammatory. I would just say it's a piece of the, it's a piece of what he said, but you can't include the entire you know, interview sure. in the headline. So I know you chose the most inflammatory piece of it. The most interesting is another way of putting it. <laughs> it's, you know, like usually headlines are supposed to, we're supposed to contain the most interesting part and that's what it was. So it's just, I don't know. I, I get, I get why if you're, you know, anti SEO, you would, yeah. you would have a problem with it, but it, I don't know. It, yeah. it, it, yeah. If you're trying to get the news story out, which one, which one helps more? Putting an article, oh, completely putting agree art, with you. yeah, putting an article headline that like gets people to click on it, and then people find out about that thing that was said, or uh, just putting a headline that you think is more mild, and then nobody reading it. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, yeah. If I had to choose, understood. Yeah, good. Uh, by the way, I didn't say good morning to everyone in chat. What's happening, everyone? Hi, everyone. Um, Ains is being a little holier than now with his take. I know. I I fully admit it. Yeah, I know. Uh, and Gaming Forte says headlines would get people into the video article, unfortunately. Of, of course, yeah. I think we all agree there. If that's the case, go listen to the Brian Wagner. He talks all about Madden. Uh, Stephen Frost talks all about Marvel vs. Capcom 2 Remake. Uh, and then I have a Shredder's interview coming up, and he talks all about Game Pass numbers and stuff like that. So, yeah. Go. Yeah, hopefully. hopefully. What, what, what are you doing right now? What is this? <laughs> He's I'm just being inflammatory. <laughs> Interesting. Oh, sorry. Interesting. Ho hopefully the, uh, hopefully the, uh, the takeaway here is that you should watch it, Luke's entire content. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> Yeah, actually listen an, to the you, show. If you see an article and the headline makes you kind of turn your head, you should click on it and read the whole thing. I mean, that shouldn't that be the takeaway of, if anybody uh, misrepresented the facts of this, is that you should watch Luke's entire interviews. Like, yep. I'll take it. I, I see this as, a, as, a, as, a, as an absolute win for everyone, right? We all <laughs> learned a lesson as a community. Watch Big fan Luke's of Travis show. right now. Big fan of Travis. Right well, now. let me bring you back down here. <laughs> okay. All right. I think we can all agree that Luke sucks. I mean, you know, honestly, who can is agree that, that Luke sucks, but we have to watch the whole video to see how much he sucks, right? <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Fair enough. Oh, all right, fellas. <clears throat> so, um, what you've been playing, guys? Um, I don't have anything new to talk about here. I've been playing a lot of I Wonderland. I've been playing Diablo. So, let, let, let's start with you, Travis, because I know you've got a fun one that you've been dying to talk about. Yes, so I can finally talk about <laughs> a game that my review is going live tomorrow at 7 a.m. Pacific. So it'll be like 10 for you, Ains. Um, it's a game called Postal 4 No Regrets. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> wow, this, so, is, this, this is interesting. <laughs> this is interesting. I am allowed to talk about my early impressions of the game without giving basically I'm, okay so the quote in the in the um, embargo is i'm allowed to give my unscored impressions whatever that okay. means that's uh, that's pretty that much is, everything but a number exactly that, that's <laughs> that's pretty basically what i thought so i could post my entire interview and just not All put right. a number um or, or sorry my entire review um and so th this game is a is a sequel to postal 2 which is made in like the aughts it was during that weird period of like bizarre flash games and like really crass humor and stuff like that. And so it's kind of a callback to that. Um, it's problem is that it is super not funny and really offensive and poorly <laughs> written and also 
a really bad game like none of it works and it crashes constantly and it's like a nightmare to play and so that's my unscored impressions is that you should not play this game and i wish that i had not and uh yeah that's really all i can say is i reviewed this game and it was really bad and uh, my review is going to be live uh, live tomorrow at uh, seven pacific so if you want to see just how bad and include some pretty hilarious footage of me playing this terrible game, including a montage of the game crashing, which uh, is probably my favorite part. Then you should uh, you should tune into IGN.com. Check it out. It's terrible. Terrible game. Postal 4. Yeah. No regrets. This is a terrible trailer I'm watching, too. Yeah. So yeah. Travis, you know, as he could share in our, our kind of big cast DM, was telling uh, me, Rick, and Dan about this, as he was allowed, of course. Um, and, uh, yeah, it just sounds... It sounds like one of those that kind of, um, as you just said, I guess, it sounds like one of those that attempts to be funny with kind of controversial humor and just miss yeah. the mark about as far as you can possibly miss it. Yeah. It's like trying to be South Park, except for instead of like being clever or having like some sort of point to the satire, <laughs> it was just like, it. I think I say in my review, it feels like it was written by like a, a fourth grader that just learned his 10th naughty word. And he's like really <laughs> proud of it. That's what it feels like. It's like really, it's like, it's embarrassing. Like you feel bad for the game developers in wow. the game. Like that's never a good feeling. Um, so anyway, I, I have not been playing that game, but I can now talk about it. it. I reviewed that game like two weeks ago. The embargo was super long for some reason. So you need um, to have time to digest its message. That's right. Yeah. Apparently, <laughs> apparently man. So um, the game I'm reviewing now, uh, I just finished this morning. It's called uh, Trek to Yomi. Oh, uh, yes. And it is uh, a cool samurai game that I also can't talk about. But I've been playing that game, and my review will be up uh, sometime in early May, I think. So I was going to say, that's for... real early, because it doesn't release for a few weeks yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's pretty early now, so I'm reviewing it on PC. And uh, yeah, I don't think I can talk about it, but I'm reviewing that game. Hey, if, Rick's if here. Give us, uh, give me five seconds while I reorganize us here into our proper Constructicon configuration here. Hold. Oh, God. I forget the order now. I forget the order. Um, yeah, there you go. There we go. Look I at Rick, had... dude. Look at Rick. Coming, Coming in. Sunglasses and all. Good morning. Showing sir. up late to the party with a cigarette dangling from his mouth. <laughs> glasses on. Leather jacket. Transition out. It's, it's super cool. I tell you what. <laughs> we were just uh, uh, hunting for eggs. So I appreciate the uh, generosity, Ains, both from you and from viewers and listeners. I uh, had to do some Easter activities, but had a blast. Awesome. So you're saying that you were hunting for eggs, but then had to beat it? Oh boy, I did. Was, was that I a line in Postal Four? So you don't know. Hey. The whole family <laughs> hunt for Easter baskets using a series of clues. So I get to rhyme every year. It was a lot of fun. My my Ooh. oldest daughter loves West Side Story. I got to do some Maria and Tony rhymes. My youngest loves Avatar. I got Katara in there, water bending. We had a great time. Wow, is this the first uh, Rick Hogue rap album? Is that what we're looking forward to? Oh well, you know I, I can't do the poses right, but I'm working on them. And then when I can get those done, there will be an album, of course. Spoken work. It's really more of a William Shatner experience. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, good morning to you. Glad the uh, family's good and you guys are having fun. Uh, Luke, as you can see, I had you specially added to our upper window today with your name and all. Look at this. Thank you. Thank you. So taking the place this week. All right. So Rick, we were just uh, we're actually just talking about what we're currently playing. Um, okay. Yeah, so uh, talking about Trek to Yomi, you have any interest in that game? Do you know what that I, game is? 
I've seen that. I've seen the trailers. Seems very fashionable, very stylistic. Um, that can go one of two ways for me. Could be cool. Could be trying to leverage its its fashionability. So I'm interested though. I want to yeah. check it out. That's my next review. So okay. I just oh. finished it this morning. I can't really All talk right. about it, but it's a cool game. You're well, I'm, I'm, so you can't tell me one way or the other which direction I. Goes. I don't think right. so. I can I'll say I'm reviewing it. it. And yeah. and and leave bad comments with one of my alt accounts. Nice. So well, I, I, I'm already kind of tired of promoting Luke this morning um, because it's just exhausting. You know what I mean? But he did interview the uh, the Trek to Yomi creator a few weeks nice. ago, Leonard uh, Menciari, I believe it's pronounced. And um, not only can you find that on XCP, but you can find the written interview. He did it for Season Gaming. So that is on our site, which you can check out as well. That's awesome. Yeah. Just, just, just on Season Gaming. Just on Season Gaming. Oh, that's right. It was written only. I'm sorry. Yeah, 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 written only. So it's on the. We got an exclusive. Hey, you get another one in a week or so. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So Luke's. Uh, yeah. So you can find that. Check it out. Learn more about the game. It comes out, I think, first or second week of May. Travis, if I remember correctly. Somewhere. Yeah, my my embargo, I think, is May first. So it must come out somewhere okay. near there. It's okay. real soon because you can you can pre-download it right now, and it's got like, okay. a little timer. Cool. Soonish, thirteen days. Cool. It's kind of a far away. Actually. Okay. Yeah, that's that's early. That's good they got it to you so early though. So cool. Um, Luke, what have you been playing, man? Anything good? Yeah, I've been pouring my life post Elden Ring into uh the Skywalker saga and mm-hmm. having an absolute blast <laughs> with it. Um, I listened to your guys' episode last week, and I'm very much in Travis's camp that all Star Wars is good Star Wars. Um, even the bad Star Wars is still great Star Wars, and I love it. It's true. Uh it's just it's just a joy. That game is a joy. Um, I think I'm in the minority with this next statement in that I'm having a lot of performance issues with it. Um, it crashes or freezes a lot for me. I'm playing on Series S and X. I've tried eliminating quick resume as a possibility. I have been I've had issues on the S and issues on the X. Um, it's been really frustrating, actually, because I'm having so much fun. I've 100% of the OG trilogy. Uh, I've 100% of episodes one and two, and I'm working on three, and then I'll get to sequel. I'm doing it in release order um nice and i i love the game the flight uh missions are my favorite because i get rogue squadron vibes and i'm so desperate for a remake of that or a new game in that series but <laughs> uh yeah performance issues have really dampened an otherwise fantastic experience and i and i love the game it's been a lot of fun i, I had have one crash, crash. Oh, whoa. Uh, that's crazy. Whoa. Uh, but you, you've you also played it, I think, a lot more than me, Travis. I've only played a couple hours, so. Yeah, I've played, I've played quite a bit. Really? But yeah, I, I've only had one. Are uh, you on PS5? On PlayStation 5. PlayStation yeah. 5 is what I'm playing on. I have zero crashes. Hmm. Um, and no, and, and performance is perfect, but for, you know, the occasional old NES, too much stuff happening on the screen. Yeah. Um, but mm-hmm. no crashes at all, no loss of progress. So I can't, that sounds horrible. I hate that. Uh, but I can't, I, I cannot relate just on the PlayStation five so far. Hmm. And I've I'm glad. I, I'm I've glad to know that. Game. Yes. I'm seven. I'm seven movies in half Oof. dozen planets, hundred percent. Wow. So I, I've played a bunch. Nice. Nice. That's it, awesome. uh, one of the neat things about it, I know you all talked about it a bit last week is just the amount of passion and love they put towards star wars overall and how they navigated some of the very dark elements of star wars i think has been largely pretty good because there are some really yeah. violent and horrific things that star wars can do and they they handled it quite well um order 66 yeah. that's a very good sequence yep very um, good sequence the the dream sequences 
that Anahan goes through and not just the men, but the women and the children too. Um, you know, those are some dark things that happen in otherwise lighthearted movies and stuff. So, uh, but yeah, I love it, loving that game. And I would recommend it even with my performance frustrations, because I think they're, I, I think I'm in the minority with having that among the Xbox PlayStation and PC community. I don't think that it's a pr- like a big thing. I think it's just bad luck on my end. Mm. Um, uh, and then uh, I've been continuing to enjoy Fortnite no build mode and those that that mode continues to bring joy in a lot of ways and, and brings up a lot of Halo thoughts. Plenty, which I know is yeah. something we've talked about on other shows, but yeah. those have been my two go tos post Elden Ring. Yeah, I think uh, I know we talked about in cast, um, but uh, it definitely anecdotally feels like the no build mode has brought another audience back to Fortnite. Um, I'm seeing Fortnite on my timeline a lot more than I had in the past couple years. Um, so it seems, and, and and that goes for me too. Like, you know, we've only played a few times, but I, I would have never reinstalled Fortnite if it wasn't for that mode. So um, it but is a lot of fun. It's a technical third person shooter now. And yeah. there's no skyscrapers popping up and like, sure, you can look like a hot dog or you can look like uh, <laughs> Master Chief. And, and when I'm jumping in there, my buddy's Thanos and I'm Master Chief and Joe is Spider-Man and Kratos is with us. Like, that's fun. Like, that's cool. You know, there's a silliness to it, but the, the combat and the, the movement is top notch. There's a reason the game is so popular and it's because it's good. And I think a lot of people, including myself at one point, wrote it off because it was like, oh, it's for 12 year olds. Man, those games can get intense and fun. And uh, it makes me hopeful for what we see out of other modes that are coming to infinite down the line. Yeah. Yeah. Well, which we'll be talking about here shortly. So <laughs> <clears throat> Rick, what you been up to, man? Anything good? Well, so I have been playing Fortnite. I'm on the road to Doctor Strange. The, you know, that, that depending on the end of season stuff, that always gets me. Uh, so mm. I kind of go a couple seasons without playing and then playing it. I'm, I'm actually playing normal mode, not uh, zero build mode. But <laughs> my girls like to play that. That's one that we play together. So that's a lot of fun. Um, in terms of other games, I'm also playing uh, Chinatown Detective Agency. Oh, yeah. yeah. Nice. Talked about that. that. It is effectively out. Cyber Dark's Carmen Sandiego. Uh, for, the, for those of you that haven't played it, it's effectively uh, figure out where this person went. This thing is being done uh, with some pretty extraneous clues, and then you're supposed to use the internet. Now, the tricky part about that, and video games, computer games really haven't gotten around it, is um, you have to be very careful about how you search because you're just as likely to jump into the guide that someone has written about the quest that you're on uh, for the answers. So you, you want to avoid finding somebody talking to you directly about the mission when you're determining the population of Kuala Lumpur. Um, so that's, you have to try to avoid it. Uh, but other than that, um, it's a lot of fun. It's well-written. Um, and it's, a, you know, it's a cyber uh, Singapore uh, dealing with some corruption and some stuff that you'd be used to seeing. But in the gameplay of researching Carmen Sandiego missions, uh, and I hmm. might be aging myself there. I, recognize I was just going to say, I think we're probably at a point now where there's a whole generation that probably doesn't even know what Carmen Sandiego is. Uh, yeah, or just the Netflix show. Um, oh, yeah. So, yeah, so that, that's a lot of fun. I, I didn't know what to expect from that. It's, uh, it's an old school adventure game with a research element. Um, and as someone that likes researching things, uh, this, is, this is proven to be in my wheelhouse. Uh, cool. Other than that, I've been playing a lot of Skywalker Saga, uh, and I've been playing uh, some older games. I, I, I was I was checking in on um, Far Cry Six, uh, Rage Two. I was just I was just checking oh, wow. in, trying to find something to play through. Um, 
that uh, is in kind of that vein. Um, mm. I don't know that I've found it just yet for what I want to do for right now, but we've got a little bit of time now between big releases, at least that I care about. Yeah. Um, and so that's always fun to, to go back and, and figure things out. I still have to beat Horizon fully, that kind of thing. So I'm, I'm kind of in that mode, uh, cycling around those with Fortnite being the game that I'm playing for the, I don't want to think about it too hard. Sure. <laughs> category. Funny enough, I, I reviewed Rage 2. Uh, great gunplay, but the, the world left quite a lot to be desired. Yep. I mean, um, I, that, that's it. Yeah. Um, what was I going to say? Have you played, uh, speaking of, you know, Rage 2 made me think of it, but have you played the modern Wolfensteins and Dooms? Yes. Yeah, I played the I played the Wolfensteins. Okay, yeah, those are great games for the most part, especially Wolfenstein 2. Yeah, I didn't so. like I didn't like the one with the siblings. Yeah, the new blood. Oh, yeah, I reviewed that. Terrible. Yeah. <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> okay. As soon as we found the bad one, Travis is like, yeah, I reviewed that one. <laughs> yep. I tried the man. other two, but I reviewed the bad one always. Yeah. Postal, yeah. Nerf Legends. You're having a joy, man. Yeah, yeah. We joked that he got Wonderlands, and that must have been a mistake. You know, we'll have to fix yeah. that. But <laughs> no, I think. And the other thing, you know, I, I like Chinatown Detective Agency. I, I'm, I'm invested in cases and detectiveness right now, so I'm also doing Ace Attorney uh, with my girls, which we do all the time. But we have an Easter Ace Attorney session coming up after this show. So nice, you know, family uh, doing it our way. And then I'm getting back into Lost Judgment, which I really only kind oh. of flirted with when it first came out um so Shame everybody Dan's always asks me about judgment it's like yes that is technically a lawyer the judgment series does not reflect my experience as an attorney uh but that's all right you gotta go to japan man <laughs> much are more they, common are they, there are they skateboarding up next to mafiosos and hitting them on a for okay. sure for I, I sure I, yeah i, I, I think i saw that on tiktok that's, that's actually yeah. written in their constitution okay <laughs> yeah yeah. Sure. I do love that series, though. I mean, I love all those the, the Yakuza games, um, but I really just I can't remember what was out at the time. But Lost Judgment came out, and I was doing something else. I was like, put it in your back pocket, play it later, and, and this summer might be the time. Apparently, it gets uh, really good. So, so Dan figured he's not here this week. He's the Yakuza like nut. Um, but he said Lost Judgment is excellent and actually far better than the first one, which he also liked. But I like the first uh, one too. Yeah, he said Lost Judgment, by the time you get, you know, more into it, he he adores it. So we'll have to hear your continued progress on that one. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. All those games are awesome. Yeah. Uh, by the way, we got a super chat earlier. I was kind of I was kind of holding on to it, but I see Eric's got a bounce. So I'm going to go ahead and just read it right now. This is from Eric Game Positive, 699 Canadian Super Chat. Thank you so much, brother. Uh, the breadth of modern open world games is truly wild. I don't like you, Eric. Happy Easter, you beautiful bastards. Um, appreciate it, brother. You so think that uh, wild was surreptitiously referencing something else, Ains? <laughs> and so is the breath, uh, I would say. Because he writes for SG and we joke about it all the time. Yes, I do think so. Um, he is a huge Breath of the Wild fan. So uh, and he knows great the conversation game. we're about to have. It is a great so game. and I forgot that I invited Luke. Uh, I should have invited someone a little more intelligent for this conversation, but you know, we'll we'll deal with yeah, it. Yeah, you're 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 down three to one here, Ains. It's okay. I know, yeah. I know. It's all right. I can hold it. It's no problem. The the facts are on my side, which is what really he, matters. So. He's used to taking three to one, you know. <laughs> 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 we had to go. You've been playing too much postal, man. <laughs> 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 all right well why don't we go ahead and jump over to the main topic which is uh, as i said at the top of the show a conversation on what makes a good open world game there's only a couple other kind of uh, topics we'll touch on after this but the big discussion today and i thought it'd be a good one to have with uh 
with our chat as well in the community. And I actually got some feedback on Twitter yesterday, which I'm kind of pulling up to get to. Um, but, you know, we, we've we talked over the past few years about games like Breath of the Wild, of course, Witcher 3, Red Dead 2, Grand Theft Auto 5, and then Elden Ring kind of reignited this conversation, I believe, which is, you know, what makes a great open world game? Because Elden Ring obviously mechanically does things a lot differently from some of the other traditional open world games we're talking about. Um, and then you have the classic kind of Bethesda games like Skyrim or Oblivion that people point to and Fallout and things like that. So the conversation I wanted to have with you guys really is a little more broad, which is, you know, yeah, the, the main question, of course, is what makes an excellent open world game to you personally? Um, but like, what aspects do you look for? Like when you think about your favorite open world games, what aspects do they have in them that really kind of, uh, grab you and intrigue you and kind of keep you playing? So Luke, I'm going to start with you here, uh, as the guest to, uh, kind of elaborate a little bit, get us started. Well, I think, uh, first perspective comes into play. Am I playing a first or third person? Uh, exploration game that makes a big difference to me in the type of character that I see and how I immerse myself into that world. Um, if it's first person, uh, my my perspective of of my own character can be very different than like say an Elden Ring where it's third person and I see myself within the world. Um, that actually does impact a lot of what I'm looking for. There is uh, a philosophy that I think The Witcher Three developers. Uh, used is it's like this 40 second loop of discovery where every 40 seconds you should be seeing something that is interesting. And as I look back at some of my favorite open world games from my, my maligned and favorites Arkham Knight to uh, the breath of the wild elements of explorability. If I'm seeing things regularly that can take my attention away from a crit path um and enjoyably so, I'm excited by that. I look for things to do in an open world that don't feel um, fetch questy or useless, and they bring an element of discovery or excitement to whatever character I'm playing. And I talk about first and third person. When I can see Batman, I want to play like Batman. Where if I'm hmm. in first person, uh, maybe I, I take a different route and I'm trying to be somebody, somebody that's different. I haven't played a first person exploration game outside of infinite uh, in some time. And I'm looking forward to doing that with cyberpunk, but it, it really does change how I want to play. When I played an Elden ring, I wanted to be my character based on the outfit it, he or she was wearing, uh, which is maybe unique to me, but I like to, to get into the role that is suited to what I'm seeing. Hmm. Interesting. Um, so, yeah, I think that's a, a good start. And I, I'm going to pull up some comments intermittently interspersed between our, our conversation here. So uh, Super Jaffa Games on Twitter uh, commented and left me like four comments yesterday about this. So um, he, he mentioned that um, basically uh, there needs to be the incentive of the unknown to make ex exploration worthwhile. And I think some of the games you mentioned and we're going to mention do that extremely well. He said, uh, it doesn't like when half the game is just spent going from point A to point B, especially um, when there's really nothing eventful, because then it just makes you want to fast travel and there's really nothing kind of happening in the world around you that you're, is interesting. Um, so he says his favorite games in the genre, actually, pretty much everyone brings up the same games here. Um, so he, he said Red Dead 2, Breath of the Wild, Elden Ring. Um, but he said, while less, much less revolutionary, he thinks Ghost of Tsushima uh, did a, a, a few small things that he really liked from an open world perspective as well. Um, so the other comment that I want to mention, because I thought about this last night, and DE says in our, our chat here, um, 
let's not only think about 3D open worlds, right? I think when we talk about open world experiences nowadays, everyone thinks of the, the ones we just mentioned. But there's a lot of 2D experiences that are technically open world, even if you're going screen to screen. You know, he brought up the original Zelda as an open world experience, which for the time it really is. Um, I even thought, and funny enough, Rick, you'll probably get a laugh out of this, but I was thinking last night, I don't know if I was dreaming or what, but I started thinking of the like the old King's Quest and Quest games. Because even though you're going screen to screen, you really had no idea what to expect going screen to screen. It was, you know, you just explored away. Um, so it's they didn't have the technology at the time to do what we know today. But that really was, you know, kind of an open world experience, right? You're not on a linear path. Um, so a lot, a lot of good examples there. But um, Travis, I'll jump over to you. Um, what are your initial thoughts here? Yeah, I think I have um, very few opinions about what makes a good open world game just because i think that there's a a ton of ways to do it right and mm -hmm. um obviously there are examples of it being bad but i think those are more when kind of their vision for the open world doesn't really come together but there's just you know i i, I see people say like things that are kind of generalizations in terms of what makes something good like having to have something to discover every couple seconds and stuff like that i'm sure that that is uh probably a, a common attribute in in certain types of open world but it's also not necessarily true that that exists for it to be a good open world i think it really just depends on the type of game you're making and what your uh, goals are with the design obviously the key element for me whether when i'm evaluating an open world is do i have fun doing it right like is it does it work what they were what they're trying to do but i think that there are so many different versions of what makes it what what could be good that it's really hard for me to just look at the entire kind of premise and decide on one and go okay that's the one that should be right and applied to everything because if you think about it like what's an example of a world where you don't really discover anything but it's still good um <laughs> grand theft auto 5 there you go that's a world where you don't really discover anything it doesn't have kind of like that open world exploration but that one's sort of like a sandbox where you're making your own fun and it works super well. Right. So that like, there's an example of, of one that I would say is like a really good open world that kind of doesn't meet that requirement. So um, I, I just think there's, like you said, like there's the 2d, there's 3d, there's open world where it's all about discovery. There's open world where, uh, you know, and somebody else in the comments said they don't really like it when it's all you just passing through the area, but also some games that is the point it like mm -hmm. makes you kind of like journey. Right. It, it's kind of, that's sort of the the process of doing it. I would say a lot of people put, um, what's the game? Death Stranding in that mm. in that boat, right? Where it really is about the journey and going through. And I, I didn't like that game. I just think it's boring. But uh, it is a good example of like one in that genre, right? And so I, I really I really do think like I, I have a hard time having strong opinions on this because there's anytime I would say like this has to be in it to be good, you could give me an example of a really good game that doesn't do that. And then I'd be like, oh, yeah, good point. You know what I mean? So yeah. that's my big problem with this is I just don't have any things that like for sure have to be in it for it to be good. Just I think that's a that, that's a really good point, Travis, in that sometimes we don't know what it is that makes it special or tangible within an open world. Um, and I'll go back to the, the thing I brought up at the very beginning about this 40 second loop of discoverability or something to do whatnot. And the player could travel in any direction for 40 seconds uh, real time and discover or see something to do and whatever that means for that world whether it's sandboxy like grand theft auto or uh, a bit more discoverable and and combat combat wise with something like elden ring 
as long as there's something to do where you're not just walking for over 40 seconds in any direction, that's probably a good barometer. But uh, that is, a, I think it's really interesting. It's like, what is the right answer here? You know, if I'm, if I'm playing Arkham Knight, it's whatever. It's a Batman moment. I want a Batman moment every few feet. I'm playing Grand Theft Auto. I don't really like that world. That's not really fun for me. I feel like a regular guy. So like, what am, what am I doing? Am I making my own fun by driving fast or causing havoc with pedestrians? <laughs> There's, you know, in, in Elden Ring, the first three hours, I was just running away from things every 40 seconds, you know? And and it's it's dependent upon... Away at some point? I don't... I never stop running away in Elden Ring. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I just I wanted to touch in on that one. Sorry. Yeah, no, you're fine, Rick. What do you think, man? I well, I know you know that I I prefer milk toast opinions, and I don't like to say things controversial in this space. <laughs> um, but but I think open world design is very often a hindrance um, for the gameplay experience, uh, and it's become a bit of a checkbox for what you want to release as a game. So what I look for as an open world is a developer that is understanding of why this game is open world and what they are seeking to achieve with it. I think at this point, you know that narrative is very important to me and that's what drives me into long gameplay sessions. So when you've got an open world that a developer isn't gonna be able to control the pace of, and that's really what I mean by hindrance, right? You could throw all these things everywhere and you, you lose the ability to kind of contour that gameplay experience from a story perspective when they're going to hit things how it's going to kind of arc and mm -hmm. not uh, one of the problems i had very early on with like your grand theft auto threes or, or vice cities or whatever that kind of era was maybe you do get distracted and you go do something and then you you try to get back into the main story and you're like i i don't even remember am i am, am i avenging something did somebody burn a restaurant down i don't know what's going on and you have to try to get back into that so one of the things that i like uh, from an open world is drive that that first couple of hours of of catapulting you into that dynamic open world in a way that you still feel driven as a character one of my favorite bits of this and i'm not saying this as one of the best open worlds though i like it is mafia 3 of all things which i think has an absolute catapult of an early narrative that sends you into that game and that lasts for <laughs> Unfortunately, that lasts for approximately half of its running time. Uh, like you needed a second catapult there at the act break, but but it is so effective at getting you into that kind of revenge story, who wronged you, how you're going to have to deal with that, that that leaves the open world in a place that you want to explore and you want to go places to. And, and I think that if you are a developer, I think Travis said it exactly right. As long as you have an inkling of why you're doing this, right? Death Stranding is a great example. I love that game. It was my game of the year. Travis and I can have that disagreement some other time, but I totally understand if you hate it. It's, it's a very weird Marmite type game. It's clearly <laughs> trying to put the open world in there as every inch a mile, every step of difficulty that you're going to earn getting to that point over there, even if it's rocks and mountains and streams between you and there, that you're, you're earning it. And there is a value to feeling like you conquered something by the time you got to that point in time. Similarly, the original mafia, right? Says, okay, this is a game where you're not going to explore an open world for the most part. You're going to go from mission to mission, but we're trying to establish a tone. We're trying to set you in, I think they're in the 1930s. Don't kill me, chat, if, if that's wrong. But I think I think the first Mafia games in the 1930s. And, and you're traveling and you're feeling like you're in something like a New York City in the 1930s as mm -hmm. part of setting a tone for a narrative 
And so there's right ways and there's wrong ways to do an open world to me. And the wrong ways are, that's what people like. And, and you can feel that in some games. You can feel like, oh, well, we're doing towers and we're doing whatever because people want an open world. And if it's not in service of either the story or the gameplay or something that is one of your foundational pillars, chances are people are going to bounce off of it. Certainly I am. Um, and so that's what I look for. I look for those narrative hooks. I look for uh, developers that understand what they're doing with an open world and aren't just putting things down. I know Ubisoft gets accused of that a lot. And that's one of the reasons why Assassin's Creed Odyssey is my favorite of their new Assassin's Creed is because <clears throat> the, the background of an Odyssey of traveling to these different islands, of really feeling like every inch a mile, very similar to Death Stranding and going on these various adventures, fit what they built better than Origins or Valhalla. Um, in, in, again, in my opinion, narratively. But that's that's what makes an open world better to me. Yes, I want to explore stuff. Yes, Witcher 3 has best-in-class writing and it circles in and, and that narrative is fantastic and that's why I like it the best. But all of these different open worlds can be done well as long as they're being made with the understanding of why they exist. So I'm on Travis's side there that says, you're not looking for a specific thing. It's all going to depend on what the game itself is. And certainly I have, you know, in the back of my head, developers that I think do it better and developers that I think do it worse. Yeah. Rick, does your character impact what it is you want to do in the world? I mean, that's a theme for me. Does that impact what you want to do in your world? Yeah, I mean, take Mafia 3, for instance. I'm not particularly driven to get revenge on uh, people in a city. That one really drives you into... Oh, tra look out, San Francisco. <laughs> uh, but, but that one really drives you into that mindset. And yes, I think all games that I play, from open world games down to MLB The Show, I, I put a dose of role-playing in. Like, that. that's just what I do. I want to make it to the show. I want to I play the players. I'm the kind of guy that walks, if he thinks it's more of what would be in a movie, cinematic of what what you're doing in the type of uh, game that you're playing. So I am very often doing that. And that does drive me. It's one of the reasons I bounce off Rockstar games as hard as I do, uh, especially the Grand Theft Auto series is because it's all so cynical and nihilistic and, and that's not me. <laughs> so, so it's, it's a real disconnect between that level of satire and disbelief. And Travis is once again, saying <laughs> nihilism. That's, that's where I live. It's satirical. It's not nihilistic, but yeah, uh, I think it's both, but we can have that. Discussion <laughs> um, I think, um, yeah. Sorry, Rick. Go no, ahead. that's really all I had on that. Absolutely. Yeah. I, you know, obviously, Witcher Three is going to come up for me and, and others in this conversation. But to your I, to further your point there, Rick, I and to your point too, Luke, about kind of role playing. I think that's one of the things that Witcher Three does extremely well. Is you know, it introduces you to the role of Garrett, even if you haven't played Witcher One or Two, right? It introduces you to the role of Geralt. You have the kind of White Orchard area that we talk about a lot, which kind of introduces all of the mechanics of the game, why they're important who Siri is, who Vesemir is, what monster hunting is, and why you do it. Um, and then you get this gigantic open world. But I feel like as you're going through that world, right, I would say the majority, vast majority of what you do, whether it's the side quests, which are extremely well-written, um, uh, or like the, uh, the monster hunting and the little side quests where you're hunting these different creatures, it all ties back to what being a witcher is. And you constantly are reinforced of the experience of what being a witcher is in that world because you know if you a lot of people know the witcher more now especially because of the show but witchers in the books are these um kind of superhuman monster creations right that a lot of general society looks down upon and you get that experience playing that game um and i think that is uh is really really important too um going back to your go ahead 
Oh, just jumping in, Witcher 3 is my go-to for that role-playing experience. You, you, mm -hmm. you get the feel of rolling in on your horse, kind of sadly destitute a little bit, trying to figure out how to get coins and seeing something on the hunting board. And like it, regardless of the rest of the main story, Witcher is built to give you that exact fantasy, uh, which yep. isn't a particularly powerful fantasy in some respects, uh, but that you are a Witcher, you're doing these things. And I absolutely love, I know people bag on the combat, but I, I love that you, you, you can research the monster, you can go and figure out the weaknesses, then you apply the potions and things yeah. that, that are going to work against that monster the best. That feels to me like this is what this is what that experience is. And all of that design and the open world and the size and the little hamlets that you go and find mm -hmm. to, to try to recover or, or, or you know work on your armor or your weapons, <laughs> all of that feeds into it into what that fantasy is. It's not just extraneous. It's not just icons on a map, and and that well, you know that's one of the pinnacles. To me. I, I know you don't like Rockstar, but I would say Red Dead Two also meets every qualification you just said. My Red man Dead has pacing issues. Up to Wazoo. But I mean, the whole like living that fantasy of a cowboy, like it nails that of like an outlaw. Like it, right. like you can't say it doesn't do that. Like it's it's no. So I think Red Dead's a great open that. world. Yeah. I think I think Red Dead Two is a great open world. I don't like it as a game uh, because I don't think I don't find the story compelling. Right? I just talked about catapulting. I just talked about narrative drive. I find it meandering and, and, and either repetitive. I think it's, it's very, very repetitive or pointless in equal measure. Mm. <laughs> We're going to have to mm. leave that one alone because I, yeah, yeah that, that's disagree. a tough one. Um, I, no, but, I don't, uh, a lot of people love Red Dead Redemption too. More power to them. I, I engage with that game for hours and hours and hours and hours and hours. And I, I just find the, I find the actual missions to be far too on rails. And I find the narrative of those missions to be repetitive in the extreme for perhaps the first 30, 40 hours. How are you going to say Red Dead 2 is repetitive and then say you love Death Stranding? How are Death you going to do that? How are you going to do that? Oh. <laughs> Tell, me. Tell me. Death, Death Stranding is, first of all, it's, it's not even that repetitive. It's giving you mechanics every five minutes in that game. Um, but... How? Did, did well, I, Travis is, has the whole range of faces right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but but there's a bigger thing he's touching on is like Red Dead Two uh, is a cowboy simulator, and if you don't want to be a cowboy, you're not going to have fun. There you there. go. You're not going to enjoy fair. that. That's fair. And, yeah, but, but I didn't want to be a you know a mafioso uh, you know revenge seeker in New Orleans in Mafia Three. There, there's a duty of the developers to get me there, and I don't think they. I don't think they achieved that in Red Dead Redemption 2. The mm. did they do it successfully in Red Dead 1? I liked Red Dead 1 better than 2. As it well I I I 100%ed Red Dead 1. Uh, that was my, <clears throat> one of my most proud achievements was getting that redeemer achievement. Um but I've never touched Red Dead 2. I have no desire to based on the <laughs> continuous anecdotes that people... I don't want to be a cowboy. That's No, no, no. But I'm just laughing day. at the fact that you agree with people down talking Red Dead 2 and then say, I've never touched I've Red never Dead 2. Like, that, come yeah. on, no, man. Let me Red be, Dead 2. I will let take me be clear. under my wing. I, let me be, I, I've played a ton. But let me be clear about why. I don't have it a desire to be a cowboy at that level of immersion that that level of intricacy whereas red dead one a lot there was there's more gamification of it at least it felt so when i played it no um, there is there is does that make sense that's that's the real reason like outside of our joking yeah. why i'm not interested in playing red dead 2 but i will go play uh elder ring or, or something like that yeah. that makes sense in a way yeah i think 
I mean, I, I'm going to defend Red <laughs> Dead Two. I'm going to defend Red Red Dead Two till the end of time. I I will. I've said this before, but I will legitimately argue from a world development standpoint, not character development, world development, and what was created as a sandbox that Red Dead Two is the pinnacle. Period. I have um, never ever fought anybody on saying Red Dead Two doesn't have but, a great open world. Yeah, I, but the, I agree with you against that. And I and I don't argue with people like yourself who say it has pacing issues. It does have pacing issues, one hundred percent. But I think it it what it does, what it's we we talked earlier, right, about what a developer and a game sets out to achieve, right? And clearly, Rockstar, if you especially if you know the development of Red Dead Two, which was absurd, how many people worked on that game and how much time they spent, right? They set out to achieve. To Travis's point, they set out to achieve a legitimate Western world where you're a cowboy and what that was like. And it's hard to argue they didn't achieve that. Pacing issues aside from the story, what what they set out to achieve, I think they achieved tenfold. Yeah, yeah I don't but the, I think Hoke's point is that the thing that they achieved has to be something that you like. And that you enjoy. Like I, I get, well, I I get that. Have, I yeah. think they have to lead you to water. I mean, I, I think that the opening of Red Dead Redemption 2 sets a very yeah. bad path. For, for that game, it is very laborious and long-winded um, when you're out in the um, the snow, the snow mountain. Yeah. Um, you didn't I, like and, that? Yeah. Really? No. A, a lot no. of people didn't. I, I, I've i heard that feedback, too, is it takes you too long to get to the open world part. But, yeah, I, I mean, I, I would say the same thing about Death Stranding on my, my end. is like they they certainly cre- succeeded at their goals. I just think that their goals ended up being super dull and... <laughs> and I don't want to be in that world, uh, but that you know, that's that's it's kind of all that's people goes take. back to what it's, you enjoy, right? Because we're yeah, each entitled to our opinions, and I and and I love Travis to death. But if you were to ask me, you know, name your dullest game, it would probably be Red Dead, and the most experimental, the most experiential might be Death Stranding because that game is utterly fantastic uh, in both what it has to say and how it has to say it. So it's, it's interesting. It's just interesting to see other people's perspectives. And by the way, that's not just me being argumentative. That's how you grow. I I love hearing from people like Travis. I love people hearing from people that love things. I don't because one that can help you find things to love about something that you didn't before. Um, and uh, that's why this uh, is fun. Yeah, I will agree with everything you say, except I will be extremely offended at the fact that our uh, Red Dead Redemption 2 is your most boring game because you haven't played the games I've played them. (laughs) That's all I have to say. Until the end of time. I have not played the games that IGN assigns you. I'm yeah. If you played the games I was I was assigned, then I think you you have a easily a better. It's funny. Somebody um, somebody at. Colin's site said that Deathloop was the worst game that, that came out in 2021. Come on. And, and I would, I literally, when I heard that, I was just like, you didn't play the games I played in 2021. Or, or right? many like, games at all. Yeah. Like, I was just like, that's your worst game in 2021. I would love it if I could say that, t- that Deathloop was the worst game I played. Yeah, I might be responsible <laughs> for some crazy. of that. I did a spoiler cast on Deathloop over at last time. <laughs> So yeah. I've got uh, we've got a few super chats and I've got some comments I want to get to as well. So let me get to these super chats real quick. So Fat Boy Horror in the house, what's up, man? Good morning. Um, he says I don't care. Bethesda, Ubisoft, and CD Projekt Red have me by the balls. Um, and I think that's true of a lot of people, right? I think that uh, those there's certain developers, obviously, that people look to for their open world experiences. And I do want to touch a little more on Ubisoft because I know Rick mentioned it. We mentioned it here quite a bit. Is that they do get a lot of flack from a lot of people around the way they design their worlds. I think some is 
rightfully so. Maybe some is a little too aggressive, but uh, we'll talk more about that for sure. Um, <clears throat> Gecko Gamer back in the house. Five Euro Super Chat says, what does a sandbox game like KSP? What is KSP? KSP. What is KSP? Kerbal Space uh, Program. Oh, okay. Sandbox game. Nice job. job. Different from an, yeah, thank wow, you. Wow. All right. Different from an open world. Also, the Just Cause games feel weirdly oh, underappreciated. Yeah, Good point. So Talk about a sandbox. I can't help pronounce that series is. Uh, why are you doing this? Just Cause. <laughs> yeah i mean if you're talking about sandbox experiences where you can just do whatever the heck you want i i would have to agree with you for sure that's um, sort of like gta 5 it's very very similar and yeah, the just cause even crazier goal. yeah well the just cause games are so different because that's it's that sandbox experience versus uh some of the ubisoft titles that were you know he's talking about saying he says have them by the balls like there's something special about clearing a map and getting you know opening up the world and clearing areas that's a different type of incentive versus the sandbox elements of just cause or uh, gta versus progressing a story as you guys described in red dead 2 and, and all of those are open worlds but what you're getting out of them what you're going for are very fundamentally different yeah yeah and i think yeah. it i think some of that ties to your personality too right like um i i know people who adore ubisoft games and i know people who despise them um, and the people, yeah, I remember you saying before, and I don't know if this applies to you or not, Rick, but you know, some of the people I've talked to that really enjoy them, they, they don't mind at all that the game is littered with, you know, little marks on the map to go and check out. And they, they kind of love the, the feeling they get of this kind of funny enough. We talked about it with the, uh, achievement and trophy discussion last the week, but they, yeah. yeah, they really love the feeling of just saying, here's a whole list of things you can go do. And I'm going to do them and check them off one by one. And they love the feeling of completing those sections by sections and just what they get out of that. And there's obviously nothing wrong with that, but it's a very different experience, especially almost fundamentally when you look at something like Elden Ring, right? Where it's <laughs> there's there's no checklist at all. You're just left to your own devices. Um, so it's it's I think a lot of it ties down to personal preference, of course. As oh, most of course things, so. it does. Yeah, but I, you know, UB game is good at that. Um, you know, I always think that's a little bit overblown because you can you can just filter however you like. I, sometimes people just assume whatever the default setting of anything is is the is the way the game has to be played or meant to be played, and I always think that's yep. interesting. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, I do enjoy UB games. I, I tend to like them for what I call virtual uh, tourism, especially Assassin's Creed. Um, mm -hmm. I just like to go see a fully built you know Greek empire. Uh, with all the digital resources that one can throw at it, that kind yeah. of thing. They do a really um, good Assassin's job with Creed, that. Assassin's Creed is the best at that. I mean, I, I think that they're they are the virtual tourism masters, and that, that includes things like even like the Far Cry Six. I mean, their Cuba is, is has got a lot of cool stuff in it, very well done. Um, and so I think that's what I tend to go to for them. It's certainly not good storytelling. I like Far Cry's enough, but eh. uh, <laughs> you know, uh, it's it's pretty much the same same with Watch Dogs. I think Odyssey is their best. Assassin's story. Creed too. Yeah, the story. Uh, Assassin's Creed 2 is a long time ago, but yes. Um, I think you meant T-O-O, didn't you? Like Assassin's yeah, Creed. Yeah, I mean, Assassin's Creed also, like their open world is is kind of the main draw because the stories haven't been good in a while. Well, I think Odyssey's story is great, um, but I think that, I, I think Origins and Valhalla is not. Yeah, I don't know. I had trouble with Odyssey. Maybe it's because that game took me like 160 hours to beat and I couldn't even remember how it started by the time it ended. It's a huge so. game. It is yeah, yeah. Game. yeah. So um and then, uh, you know, there's a couple other chats in here that I'll get to in a second. But Mariano Pampa back in the house with the 999 Super Chat. He says, what about music in the open world? So Witcher 3 music when you enter combat or just going to different areas in the world is Chef's Kiss, 
Skellige Islands music is always my favorite, and I would have to agree. There's a track on that soundtrack yeah. called uh, it's either Skellige or something like that. I remember that I've listened to like hundreds of times. It's just so good. Um, yeah, so well, I, I think... should have a default rule that I think music is paramount to anybody's emotional connection and resonance with a video game, and that it is often skipped unwarrantedly uh, as to whatever we're talking about. So I games with the best music, I'm always going to love the best. I mean, that's just that's just how I work. So this is a fantastic comment, and I agree with this person very, very much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 100%. It's something that I always look for, Witcher 3. It's just a, it's another aspect. I know that game keeps coming up, but it's another aspect that is just so excellent about that game. So that soundtrack is phenomenal. Yeah. By the way, they did a uh, live kind of symphony performance of that soundtrack. If uh, you enjoy that soundtrack and you haven't seen that, check it out because it's incredible. I would argue that's actually one of the things Bethesda open world games do better than most others. Like even, you know, if you don't like Fallout 4, the soundtrack in the game is ridiculously good. Skyrim, mm. really good. Just iconic soundtracks. Yeah, I mean, iconic. I think about Fallout 4, I have to be honest. For Skyrim, oh, I can hear in my head right now. And you know yeah, what I mean? I can like, do Skyrim. I can do Skyrim. Yeah, I 100 percented uh Fallout 4. So I'd like I just I know the songs, but yeah, it's pretty good. I think that's good. It's games. you know, thinking about the shift to sci-fi, it's gonna be interesting to see what they do with Starfield, of course. They're just going to um, take the soundtrack direct from the Halo TV. Series. I knew you were going right. to say it. I knew you were going to say it. No, it's gonna, <laughs> no, uh, it'll be the exact opposite because, uh, like the the um, the the music will be hopeful. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Halo's my, my, all my, like my humanity severe, sucks. Everything's terrible. Is they, go, is they lean mm -hmm. too hard into what they want? Is that like industrial sci-fi, and they go with something really piano plinky and solarisy and weird because that'll that'll pull me out that doesn't work for me so mm -hmm. i hope they i hope they do have hopeful orchestration star trek more than you know space yeah. odyssey slash uh, solaris yeah. yeah it's not gonna it's not gonna be doom and gloom in space for sure i think it'll <laughs> yeah. be it'll be more like star trek probably funny enough we get a comment from uh cmad good morning cmad he says daisy is the greatest open world game on the planet he's very direct here it allows you, the player, to create the type of experience you want every time you log in with no restrictions. So that's... Uh, that's go ahead. And, and you say that that's subjective. It totally is. Daisy, glad you love it. I pay developers to curate a gaming experience for me. That That's where I live. I want your talent and your creativity to make something for me, and I want to have paid for it rather than figuring out my own fun. That That's where I live. And I know others differ. That's totally fine. But that's, I want the game developers to have balanced something. I want them to have figured out their economy. I want them to have narrative drive. I want, that's that's the experience I'm looking for. He wants the railroad. Well, not a railroad. He, he wants, I, he wants to be on the train. World, I want you to have thought about how it all works together. <laughs> yeah. I love Witcher 3, depending on the day, my favorite game of all time. So it's, you, you have to make sure that it all works together. You can't have something that just dies within 10 hours and you have to have thought about how the, all the pieces will play for, for me personally, cause I'm playing, but obviously for different players as well. I just think okay. both can be good. Like obviously yeah. sometimes it's nice to ride the railroads and just like have the experience that they gave you. And then sometimes it's really fun to buck the system or for there to be no kind of rules and you kind of figure it out on your own. And I think I that's probably, that's probably the main divider between people who like and dislike Elden Ring is really the people who, who I think are expecting, like, I want, the, I want to see the progression and the people who like me are like progression is the last thing I want in this game. I want to just like be able to go out and kind of explore and have no kind of path. I just want to drive. I, I just wanted some reason to be out here doing something. I mean, that's, that's yeah. really all I wanted, but I did not get it. 
Yeah, it's a, so, exactly. So that's that's sort of like I, I think it's probably that trait where you want to see the story that they created or the thing that they created. And I think Elden Ring is is driving a lot of players who want to find their own fun and and kind of like explore the world and freely. And, it. I mean, people. Love yeah, exactly. It. Yeah, it, it it definitely hits that that um that need pretty well. I, I find it's a very interesting dichotomy you guys were speaking through uh, between the two there because that's I know we've talked about this and and I don't want to keep talking about the same thing with Elden Ring but that you you mentioned having a drive there um, and I can see your point of view Rick with Elden Ring and I know I've talked to other players about this where it's like they they get the world design and how you can go off and do kind of whatever you want but there there's nothing keeping them going right they don't feel there's something inherently in the game that is showing them hey here's why you need to keep driving forward that's what happened to me yeah yeah and i think for me and it sounds like travis and i know luke you obviously have a ton of time in elden ring now which was your first souls game by the way um uh, yes from 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 elden from from soft yes yeah from from uh from game yeah sorry yeah. um but uh you know for me the drive is there's an interesting point. I'm going to circle this back to breath of the wild. And I don't, I seriously don't want to harp on breath of the wild today. I promise. I'm ready. But, but, <laughs> but for El the difference between those two for me, because there was a lot of references right there. And a lot of people talk about breath of the wild when they talk about open world experiences where the, it's a, a world you go off and do what you want and discoverability in these things. And I've said it before, what I found that I really enjoyed about Elden ring is that every time I kind of went off, 50 feet in that direction or that direction it was a dungeon or a boss or a new enemy or an item right i felt like not necessarily the progress as you guys were talking about like a, a narrative driving progress something you're working towards right but i felt like i was uh one the sense of discover discoverability is fantastic but i felt like i was being rewarded for my exploration like if i go over here and i did this dungeon right at the end i know i'm going to get something that could be meaningful to my character or build right and help yeah. me in different ways or or even give me a different way to play the game which can happen in elden ring whereas that's that's what i didn't get out of zelda uh breath of the wild specifically is that I completely agree that there's an open world and this kind of sandbox where you can go off and you can you can interact with the world in interesting ways. Um, but when it, when you talk about the shrines and you talk about the different things you find, weapon durability always comes up. We joke about that. But I didn't feel like anything fundamentally was uh, necessarily worthwhile. Uh, like I like my time was well spent. Like if I had spent three hours going over here and exploring this castle area and fighting some enemies and then i got a sword that would break after 20 hits it's like well what was the point in doing all that there was there was nothing building that that rewarded me for doing that other than the experience itself and if you're someone who just enjoys that experience itself that's a whole different thing but well, I mean, sometimes it's not about the reward right which i mean sure, you you, I mean. you feel you feel rewarded in elden ring and rick probably feels the opposite because when he explores an area he just gets murdered and then he doesn't feel rewarded by his exploration I at do all clear yeah. areas travis so you just hold your horses <laughs> let's, let's see it i want to see the whole stream hours no i look no i think that's a fair critique i and, and that to me almost speaks to the meta economy more than anything else because for the most part uh zelda's handing out hearts and stamina bars like that i mean that, that's that's yes. the biggest stuff that, that zelda's handing out and one of the best things that elden ring did and i noticed this immediately as i was playing it is that they had enough categories of stuff that they could hand you especially adding summonings in that there it always felt like you got something that could potentially be useful and interesting at the end of one of those i i don't i just think the small dungeons are the same as the shrines and they have kind of that same level of impact 
uh, on fair, me. It's a fair and, comparison. And, and what, what I would say is this is entirely subjective uh, for, for people. I would rather hang out in Hyrule than the lands between. I don't like hanging out for dozens and dozens of hours in infernal hellscapes with fingers talking to me and trying to <laughs> sit, figure out what that thing is that they yeah that shape it, can, the it can be draining for sure I get that so, yeah. so that's just me and, and, and this has come up in other contexts where it's like oh I can get into a horror game I can get into a, you know the Bioshocks of the world for a while if, if I can't play like three of those games in a row which is what Elden Ring asks of you um, so. I, I did my 35 hours. I saw what I think is the, the, the bulk of what it's going to be. And I said, okay, I'll come back to it maybe later after I've lost all the skills that I had gained. Uh, and I really have a tough time transitioning into the next area and, and we'll, we'll make it, we'll make it there. But I sit here and say, I, I think I see all, I think I saw Elden Ring um, and, yeah. and I moved to the next thing. I, yeah. I think I'm, I think I'm liking my thesis more and more. The more we talk about this, the fact that there's like a million different ways to do open world. Right. Cause so hearing you guys talk about it and the things you look for, I like I like all those things. Kind of both sides of what you guys are saying, whether it's story or the kind of the freedom or all that stuff. But I also mm-hmm. like, you know, I there there's I like I like both of them. I just think each of them can be done well. Like weirdly, one of my favorite open world games is uh, Minecraft. Like I think that's one of the one of the best ones out there because it combines kind of it. You do have a progression if you're playing on the uh, survival mode, uh, but you also have unlimited exploration i mean like really unlimited and you know the fact that it's different every time you play it like that god man it's just i wouldn't even begin to to quantify like what makes an open world game good it's just like you just know you know it when you see it that's the way i would describe it you play it and you're like this does it well well survival crafters are an entirely different bucket in my head to to quote but daisy's on that daisy's part of that yeah no i I, and i get that i i just when i'm even evaluating what do i feel like playing like Daisy or Subnautica or Minecraft, they aren't competing with Horizon No Man's Sky. Also, very yeah, very. No Man's open Sky is over game. in the. You don't. You're never going to tell me a story. Uh, camp over here. It has a story so, now. Wait, doesn't it? I was say, isn't yeah, it No Man's Sky now like it, it's apples and oranges from where it was, and now it's completely yeah. I, different. Uh, yes. I reviewed it last year for IGN. Uh, it's, yeah. it's very different. Well, they just put out the outlaw story. thing, which is a whole new experience, right? I'm asking yeah. out of ignorance, not because I know. No, they've cha- oh my, they've wildly changed it. They 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 add big things all the time. I think they just added a big thing like last week. Yeah, um, no, no it is an open world game though. No Man's Sky is in good hands for what it wants to be, but it's not really that invested in, in narratively talking to you. How about I leave it at that? They 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 put more resources into that. It, it's not its drive. Yes, uh, I think that's fair. I don't know. I mean, I mean, no Man's Sky is not its narrative, not even close. I, I think that that's one of the reasons you play it, though. You reach milestones. It has like a, I, I don't know. I. You're talking about the Atlas stuff, and I, I it's not great. If, if, no, if, if you no. were to be evaluated on the, to the story of No Man's Sky, it would be like a two. Yeah, I I, I mean, it's, it's difficult because you're adding a, a you're adding... I don't even know how to quantify it. Like, like I said, like I, I reviewed No Man's Sky last year for IGN, and my, my, I think my review title was Star Chores because you do chores <laughs> in space, right? Which that is definitely a lot of it, but I don't know. I, I mean, it is open world game. If you're talking about the open world part of it, not the story. I like, I, would say. I, I like No Man's Sky. It's just I would never in my head. I want to be told a great story or you know, get engaged in a narrative. That one's not going on. Yeah. 
Yeah. It's yeah. Um, so what about Sunset Overdrive. Sunset Overdrive has no, a strangely like compelling narrative by the time you finish it. It does. No, I, yeah, I adore it. Good open world. Adore that game. Yeah, yeah that's great. I wish um, it was high res. No, I because I, I, I it's like go, go update Sunset Overdrive. I know. <laughs> Come on. They got bought by Sony. It's it, yeah. Yeah. Well, then I, that, they the game's never Sunset gonna... Overdrive. I want to say I'd have to go look at that. IP. I don't they even do. care they... If, they, if they do a remaster and just put it on PS5 only. I don't even care. Just, just do res. it. Just do it. <laughs> uh, don't change anything. Just give us that old, uh, you know, the, the the stuff that Xbox is adding to all its backward compatibility stuff. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, just give us uh, FPS boost and auto HDR and call it a day. Um, Gecko's pushing the, the boundary a little bit of our open world experience here. So five euros <laughs> super chat Gecko Gamer. Could games like Roller Coaster Tycoon and SimCity be considered open world? I'm going to have to live in, uh, limit this to an avatar in the space. Yeah, I kind of agree. <laughs> I don't know if you can... That's too broad for me. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I kind of think uh, it has I, to be an avatar navigating a space. <laughs> People are mentioning Spider-Man. Uh, G-Man's a Spider-Man example. Of course, main draw is a traversal combat and not the exploration. Um, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of comments here. I'm trying to get through. That's why you see me looking all over my screen. So we. Well, that goes <laughs> to Travis's point. Spider-Man is a great open world, but it's not. It's not really uh, discovery based. I mean, and... it's Manhattan. And as a diehard superhero fan, like the things to do in Spider-Man's world, while there's a lot of them, they're pretty limited in scope for what you do. That the encounters all feel very similar. It's because that's actually why I lost interest in the game. I stopped. You're not robbing people. You're Spider-Man. It's true. Yeah. It's true. And it's I think one of the things. Papers and things. You know, whatever. Well, Spider-Man too. I think will have have a different element of that. If if you know, the direction that we believe it's going, it comes to fruition, but the Spider-Man games are about traversal. They're about moving and whipping and seeing, uh, incredible. They're like just cause in many ways, but less (laughs) dynamic. Um, whereas like in Spider-Man stories, significantly better than a just cause game. I want to throw out there. How dare you? Yeah, you're right. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, different different things. Apples and oranges, I think. But yeah, yeah. So uh, Artur Gaming said yesterday in response to this topic, um, I think the key things are variety of locations in the world, feeling alive around you, rather than a handful of pre-designed scripted events. He said, "From Software, the Masters, uh, also Witcher, Skyrim, Red mm. Dead, the same ones we keep." But Hogue like you, you just gave From Software the Masters for the one game that they've done in the open world. That's what. <laughs> I think you got a point also to that is a criticism that we offer towards Halo Infinite's open world is it doesn't uh, have a lot of that. Uh, okay. We're going to go down a bad does path. It, it, I think it yeah, does. Start talking about the Halo variety of, of well, the, the quote was a variety of. Uh, variety uh, of, got it right here. Variety of locations in the world feeling alive around you rather than a handful of pre-designed scripted events. So I feel like the variety of locations in Halo Infinite is extensive in pre-written areas but as far as like biomes that are naturally discovered in the open world i think you can critique it a bit now the levels have a lot of variety but those are the pre-scripted elements so like i was really using the wording and the verbiage that he used that's that's where i'm going with it because i i i I kind of interpreted that rick liked the pre-scripted that was like that was his main draw so like it's i i guess the premise of what makes it good i disagree with i just again i just don't think there's too many ways to skin this cat i i i can't i can't pin any any definitive definition you give me of what makes it good we will be able to find a game that does all those things completely differently and is still a great game i just yeah 
And also, I love Halo Infinite's world, even though you do just you know shoot Covenant. It's still I do so too, good. man. Yeah. yeah, I love it. Yeah, um, Peter over at HTK um, uh, says the ones uh, I don't want to leave. Uh, he kind of names everything. They have a good story, world variety, good fun <laughs> stuff to do, and responsive controls. Well, yeah, that's, uh... I want it to be good, and it'll be good. <laughs> Funny enough, he says Elden Ring. Uh, Red. It goes back to our conversation. He says Elden Ring, Red Dead One, Witcher Three, Assassin's Creed. Um, is that God of War? So that's an interesting because God of War is kind of a hub world. I wouldn't argue that it's. Uh, I wouldn't say that game's open world. Yeah, yeah. Uh, GTA Four, HCD. He said not so much uh, Red Dead Two, Horizon Forbidden West, Ghost of Tsushima, and GTA Five. Interesting that uh, you know just every game. <laughs> he's like to every video game. No, no, he said not as much. Red Dead Two, oh, oh. Forbidden West, Ghost of Tsushima, and GTA Five. So he liked GTA yeah. Four more than Five, uh, from a world perspective. So, um, and then we got a comment from uh, Nishin on. Funny enough, we had an Elden Ring conversation a few weeks ago when it came out on Vidcast, and uh, I know you Breath of the Wild fans aren't going to like this, but he said, <laughs> he said, hit the nail on the head with Breath of the Wild. I love Zelda games, but it's bored to death in Breath of the Wild because farming weapons was a huge turnoff. Farming a bunch of orbs to buy heart pieces, big question mark. Uh, breaks the immersion of going after one after another tough boss puzzle. He said, to be honest, having 100 plus shrines with old people giving out orbs is ridiculous, even lore wise. So just sharing the comments that we got. And you yeah, know I, I agree mean, with them, but I won't harp on it. Too fast to the Legend of Zelda historical lore. Yeah, I, I also think <laughs> you could make like like Hoke said, you can make the same argument for Elden Ring. Like every crypt is exactly the same. If you can fight, well, I the think same Elden Ring has the same no, it, but but you get something meaningful at the end. Right, that's the that's I don't think you do. Comment. It's not a absolutely game do you can no. literally get things that change your entire build. I mean, you can. I, I just, I just don't think. I think most of the most of the optional crypts I discovered, I did it because I wanted to keep exploring crypts sure. and then at the end i would get one reward and the reward would be like eh, i'm never gonna use that that was like every that can happen time. yeah but it may be something you yeah. use um you know for like i said a different build like you may get a talisman that doesn't work with your build right and then really yeah. the to your point the crypt did or, or you work. get your 19th spirit ash that you're never going to use so you're just like, <laughs> yeah, right. and that's that's their favorite one right is the yeah the summonings um yeah but they're neat looking <laughs> I, 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 do, I agree with, look, as someone that likes Breath of the Wild better than Elden Ring, I agree with Ains that I think with the, the very first thing they did in their design was, you know, what are the categories of stuff that we can hand you? I mean, like, this is the problem you have with any kind of loot box is, yeah, some of them are going to be sprays and some of them are going to be new characters, right? And so you're, you're trying to make sure that people feel fulfilled more when they're opening God. those kinds of things. I think Elden Ring does a good job. And I think <laughs> Zelda does a good job. But you haven't even gotten to MMOs. <laughs> <laughs> that's so a whole that's a whole nother conversation right well, but there's open world they're open world though most oh, yeah of them. they are yeah yeah, yeah. Well, the online, open world world of of Warcraft. <laughs> i'm just joking yeah, by we, the way we do. i i, I want to point out uh bear with me bear with me um pixel slappa says that hair's thinning luke well, I'm, I, I responded. I said, I'm on a journey to become Ains. Um, nice. Man, I, I like teach it. middle school, like... all right? I'm surprised they're not gray at this point. <laughs> Everyone thinks I'm 25. I'm 36. You know? 36? Like, Holy crap. Yeah. I thought you were younger than me. No, I was no, going to say immature. 48, but yeah. yeah I'm just damn. immature. It's totally different, guys. True. Totally this different. is a true story. This is a true story. Ains is 31 years old. <laughs> yeah. He's aged terribly. In my. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
Oh my God. Uh, Michael JM in the chat says certain racing games is open world. So obviously people go to Forza Horizon. Final Lap Twin, of course, is what he's referring to there. A noted historical legend, TurboGrafx game. Oh, whoa, whoa. Going back. Going back. I love the Turbo Final Lap Twin is a fantastic game, which has the unique circumstance of being both a racing game and a 2D Pokemon esque role playing game in which you have to challenge the five racing masters across the world. I highly recommend it if you could find a way to play it. Uh, that, but uh, yeah, it was the first mix of role playing and like something else that I wound up playing uh, in, in my journey. To <laughs> yeah, he says some racing games integrate open world into gameplay better than others. Um, What's your said, horizon? Like, need for sp- oh, yeah, I mean, Horizon's kind of the pinnacle right now. But need there's for too sp- many. Order. I can't. I can't do this. It's well. This is the problem. This is why I'm saying like you can do it well and you can do it poorly. Uh, game publishers on the whole have decided open world's an important checkbox. So you're, you're trying to see if your game can work in that, and some do and some don't. But, like, you can find it in almost everything. We have everything south of Tetris open world. Yeah. No, honestly, I wouldn't put it past them to make an open world Tetris. They made a, <laughs> dude, they made a Battle Royale Tetris. I mean, I, yeah. it could happen. And it's good. It's actually it's good. It's really good, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Travis, you just said in the chat, you know, Destiny, to your point about Elden Ring, right? Destiny is 99% useless loot. It so is. It's, but I won't defend yeah. that. So I, yeah, I don't, I, I defend that across all, I, yeah, all games. I think that that's a bad, uh, <laughs> what was that? Class? I also, I also Final won't Fantasy? defend Destiny's open world. Destiny's got one of the worst open worlds. Uh, well, that's kind of where I was going to go next is, uh, you know, someone mentioned God of War. I think it was Peter mentioned God of War, um, which I wouldn't consider open world, but you do have those games that kind of try to walk that line, right? I think to your point, Rick, around a lot of developers saying, okay, we need to have almost an open world feeling to our game because it's almost an expectation a lot of times now with big 3d games um and god of war seemed to be one of those games that tried to walk that line right because you kind of have this you have this hub world right and then you go to the different areas which are they're contained but you can explore freely in their little hubs um and then you come back to this hub world and a few games have done that well i think god of war does it extremely well um and that's kind of that borderline experience you're just trying to pull out the opinions that are going to get me yelled at so i'm going to say god of war it has that hub world (laughs) i I want you to elaborate on this actually because hold on wait wait wait, hold on before you do obm happy easter to you obm uh from air our our brother of theirs is hanging with the kids but just swinging by to say hi look forward to finding out what we can cancel hoag for later on hoag you're up let's talk god of war 2018 it was 2018 when i said red dead redemption 2 was like my 10th favorite game of all time i believe god of war was eighth um and God of War, narratively, again, is very repetitious. You're going to circle that lake 100,000 times before you're done. And it's a, it's a prologue in search of a story, which I'm hopeful it comes into the second, the second God of War here. It is, it is a series of red herring kind of Ouija's that you're going after the entire game um, until you get to the end, which is mostly premised on a narrative reveal that is kind of neither here nor there because of the way the character in question has been presented throughout the game. Uh, and I like it. Good gameplay. Um, solid characterization, but all before whatever the story would be. It's like all inciting event for 35 hours. Um, and so I like God of War 2018. I do. I'm looking forward to seeing where they go with it because it's um, it's extraordinarily anticlimactic and you will repeat yourself a lot. I mean, you're constantly oh going after the next thing they tell you to find. I, be- I agree with Hogue. 
It has. It had to happen. I agree. Day. I agree with them. That's uh, the only. The only criticism he missed is that I also think you fight the same enemies way too often in that you game. Do. Just like, that I you do. I think the, they could have used with enemy diversity like a lot, especially boss fights. You fight like the same boss like nine times. In the yeah, game. but they're but, different colors, man. They are different yeah. colors. I do like. <laughs> but, but, I like the game, but I don't. I, it wasn't my game of the year. That's a, to your point. So. so no, Red Dead 2 came in 2018. Come on. Um, but uh, <laughs> but, it, but I'm laughing right now because because I've had this God of War discussion to a degree with Luke and Joe on Cast Co-op. And I know that Luke uh, and Joe both hold God of War as one of the greatest games of all time, if not Easily. the greatest game of all time. Easily. And, and I, I always tell them, I'm like, it is game. not. It just absolutely not. is. Yeah. Absolutely is the greatest game of all time. I'm glad it brings you so much joy, Luke. If it's not, if it's not the greatest game of all time, it's in the top three, up there no. with Witcher three, I believe. Like it is oh. elite creation. It is. It is. Luke, 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 games Luke. ever made. Luke. Okay, wait, 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 wait. Before, oh, before I accept, before oh, I goodness. accept your assertion, Luke, I need to ask you this question. <laughs> Have oh, you gosh. played only three games? <laughs> Thank you. Oh, Thank you, Travis. No. Yeah. Thank you, Travis. Oh, no, no that would explain it. If he's played three games, then that, if, would, that would, for sure. If you were to create a, a list of the 10 best video games of all time. I can do that. Easily, yeah, do that I, I think God of War should be in your, your, your top 10, uh, without a doubt. And I absolutely think, to me, it's the best game ever made. From the writing, the acting, the visuals, the gameplay the the direction they took a character there are so many things in that game to, that you can latch onto as being elite that to me there are very few competitors in the gaming space that have done it on that level and more to the point you want thinks it's one of the best games of all time it presents that it feels that way about itself i think um, what, i agree with that why wouldn't you and one of the things that i find with the arguments like this um because i realize i'm on defense with this panel but we tend to hold older games in, in certain prestige, but games as they evolve should improve upon themselves over time. And I would put Super Mario uh, 3 or World, there's a good debate, also in this top 10 uh, best games of all time element. But God of War is a special game. It is special and it changed our industry in a lot of ways, as did The Witcher 3 in terms of storytelling versus with with. Uh, elite gameplay and, and there's nothing wrong with acknowledging we that gotta, we got you got to dig into some of this stuff how did god of war 2018 change the industry to me it allowed a a pre-established character to be reinvented to be reinvented in a way that we often equate uh breath of the wild to being like we said breath Doesn't of the wild Tomb reinvented Raider do that before god of war i don't think so i feel like tomb raider took the same character and applied an uncharted uh, style gameplay to it it didn't to me feel unique and special and i'm not knocking it i love those the tomb raider games uh the first two in terms of gameplay the character in a new light i don't feel like it reinvented her in a new light i think it Lara just Croft it, is the same from the original tomb raider and the new ones i don't think that's that's what i'm saying what i'm saying is i don't feel like it truly reinvented okay so something about it felt very uncharted at least to me it well, those was games just uncharted. uncharted. I mean, I, th th those games are quasi semi-open world uh, survival emphasized sure. games. Over the shoulder. Uh, yeah, I, I'm. I'm confused as to the the way you're asking it. I guess because Travis are sitting here the you same said way. God of War 2018 deserves special credit, and that's totally fine for mm -hmm. reinventing an existing character in a new light. I'm saying that the Tomb Raider series that Crystal Dynamic put out did that first. I. 
I appreciate your logic. I appreciate yeah. your logic. Uh, but to me, there is something wholly different about the way Kratos is handled in both writing and in gameplay. That is just, it's not the button mashy QTE style elements that his games were known for. Okay. So Beast uh, Beast has a comment on that, which is a good one. The real innovation of God of War 2018 was the one cut cinematics and seamless merging into gameplay yeah. animation. The story reinvention is secondary to this. Which there is Birdman something style show off. I mean, I, I, that's fine that it happened. I didn't get much from it. Yeah, I, I think I think it's it's one of the reasons people like that game. I think that if it's on your top ten list, you should play more games. <laughs> That's my opinion. On that. I like because hey, and Len Luke, I'm not one of those guys who says old games are the best. I think one of the best games of 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 all time came out in 2020, and most people haven't played it. I don't think anybody except for me has played it. Half Life Alex. Um, but yeah, yeah I'm not playing. We're not all it. rich on VR, people, Travis. I know you. Yeah. You, I know that's the problem with that game. You have to be rich to play it. But if you guys played it, you'd probably be like, "Oh yeah, I got a war super over." I would love to play Alex. Yeah, I, I also I the would over here. Bring the kids. Come on over, San Francisco. <laughs> San Francisco. We're yeah. The funny thing is, we with Travis. We, we, we spent too much. Oh, go ahead, Luke. I, I I would like to invite the panel and the chat without without kind of like pompous rudeness to to <laughs> suggest. Uh, games that they feel do what I believe God of War does without it being like a, you know, like a snarky response because the Witcher three and the, and God of War are, are two games in my mind that are just so elite in their genre that they did something special. They did something unique. What other games do you guys feel do that uh, for the industry or for yourself? That if, if I'm feeling that way about those two. Are we talking about open world anymore? Because I think God, of War, God of War is not even an open world game. It's not. Really. I, no, we no I was saying in general. We kind of talked about hub worlds and we got in, you know, I dropped the match because I knew how Luke felt about God of War. So mm -hmm. um, I just would like to say, I kind of sit between you guys. I think God of War 2018 is an amazing game. It's, it's, it's one I think is truly, truly well done. But I definitely don't think it's up in the top 10 games of all time. I think it's overrated in that regard. Wow. But, yeah. But um, I think it's a great game. I would have given that game like an eight or a nine. Like the, you know what I'm saying? I'm not saying it's bad. I just think that when people say it's the greatest of all time, I'm like, Jesus, man. I'm like, I'll give it an eight. <laughs> come on, I'll give it's it an eight. not. No, I, to yeah. me, if, if I'm being really negative about God of War, you know, my moods shift on these various things. I would say that it's a continued symbol of Sony taking what was a huge variety of game types and game experiences that they used to offer you and putting them all under in, in the over the over the shoulder third person action adventure experience deck. Like that, like Sony has done that with a lot of their studios at this point in time. Uh, and so when I'm feeling really negative, it's God of War 2018 is a reinvention in order to match the only thing Sony really does. That's a, that's a bold statement, but uh, I can see where it's coming from. That's for sure. And by the way, there's a reason we call him Mr. Bad Take. And uh, here's exhibit like 37. Yeah, I could give yeah. you a laundry list of like 20 things that are wrong. True with God for of War. certain definitions yeah. of the word nearly. And if nearly <laughs> is inclusive of at least 80% uh, uh, flaw, totally fine. I'll, here, I'll, I'll, put it in right. I'll, I'll put it in a way that uh, Mr. Badbit can understand. God of War is nearly perfect as a game in the same way that Luke is nearly perfect as a person. Wow. Yeah. Ad hominems from Travis. No, not what ad the hell, hominems. Man? I'm, I'm putting it in a way, I'm contextualizing it in a way that Mr. Badbit will understand. He'll get oh, it. Wow. He'll get that. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Uh, let me get the Gecko's uh, super chat here uh, because it's on this. He says, uh, biggest innovation in video game storytelling was done by Half-Life. God of War 2018 just reuses those techniques pioneered by Half-Life. So, yeah, we're, we're kind of off the topic of open world to Travis's point now, but... Um, 
Yeah, I, I wanted I was to open in that. one shuttle in a scientific base in God of War 2018. I'd have to really think about it. <laughs> I think a lot of people like Gecko, though. Uh, you know, if we're back to storytelling, I know that Half Life and Half Life Two, in particular, kind of get a lot of credit for um, how they drove that design forward. But Half Life's a big deal. I do think it gets a little too much credit for what the actual geography of PC games during those years were. Um, you have some pretty significant leaps in storytelling at the same time, but the way history records itself outside of video games and inside of video games is that you like to find one thing that really kind of coalesces a certain amount of concepts and half-life yeah. does do that. It's, it's, it's not undeserving of praise, but there were, there was a lot of beats of evolution happening during Agreed. the nineties that, that get to that point. Um, and, and, and like I said, half-life deserves it, but yeah, agree. There are other um, games that were doing a lot of stuff similar. 100%. Yeah, I've had that kind of, you know, fun conversation before. And our brother Sarko says, God of War was special for me because it's rare that game makers make me feel like I could be the main character. Kratos and his journey from monster, quotes, to his reformation hit a chord for him, and he dug that. It is a great game. I hope nobody's taking that away from me. I just, I, yeah. I yeah. said it was in my top 10 list when we started the conversation yeah, for that for year. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just said it was eight. <clears throat> Yeah, and you had Red Dead 2 below it, which is, that's just a problem. They both but. made the list. Yeah. <laughs> What's your best game? What's your best game? So, did you ask me or someone else? Yeah, you. Yeah. Oh, uh, like, best game in what way? Well, I think God of War is the best game ever made. Like, just, I have a feeling I, about I, that. I generally come back to Witcher 3. Okay. Generally speaking, yeah, I, I think it's a Witcher, great response. Witcher 3, when you, when you look at, not just open world, right? When you look at aspects of very, all the aspects of games and what they presented as a package especially the complete edition because it has two of the best expansions ever made as well mm -hmm. i think witcher 3 complete is just it's hard to think of a game holistically that tops that That's it's a pity opinion. we won't be playing any kind of redo of it for the foreseeable future <laughs> of news items yeah yeah so uh but i want to end on that actually that's what i was going to ask you guys going to close this open world topic um what do you think and it might just be Witcher 3, but what do you think is the best open world? Your, uh, let me not say best because everyone's opinion said, what's your favorite open world game of all time? Well, uh, okay, so there's two, but there's two components of that, Ains. I just want you to clarify yeah. because it, it, favorite open world would be about the building of the world. Favorite open world game includes yeah. a lot of other concepts. You want yeah, fav favorite game that is an open world game. Okay. Great. Yep. Come on. My my favorite game that is open my, my favorite game is arkham knight and okay. it has an open world and that does not mean best and i want to no that's why i said favorite clearly. favorite I, it is favorite. i love being a superhero i love being powerful in games and i love a world that is uh, immersive and and dc is special to me and so arkham knight let me be batman in the world of batman in a way that none of them ever had and there are plenty of things you can critique in that game, but there are also a lot of things you can just ignore and let it be the game you want it to be. And I, I adore the world of Arkham Knight. I'm desperate for the Arkham games to have a re-release so I can just play through them for achievements again and see them in next gen. And um, those <clears throat> are my, cool. yeah, I mean, those are my some high resolution on Arkham Knight, honestly. It's, it's, it's an yeah. incredible world. And if you go back to the retrospectives, there's a lot in that game that people missed because they were so focused on the Batmobile, but there are some incredible things that Rocksteady took time to put into. Um, I really so that is my Batmobile. I think I'm in the minority I, there. I really, I loved I really it as it. well. I grew to love it. And I grew to love the <laughs> gameplay things that it gave you. Like it, you could drive 
and do these incredible moves and then shoot yourself out and then traverse the city via gliding. That is a, that's a cool <laughs> feeling. Um, yeah. So I'm sorry, I'm, I'm going too long, but, but uh, Arkham Knight. Cause you mentioned Batman. Game. And of course, like you literally can't talk about Batman for less than minutes at a time. Okay. You once <laughs> elaborated <laughs> on this sniper rifle of halo and no. we had to spend 20 minutes while you uh, unpacked it. Yeah. I like this sibling yeah. kind of quality Absolutely. here up at the top of yeah. the screen. I didn't realize oh, this. Me, me, me and Luke have these. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah we, this is why we do shows together. It's They're like oh, siblings yeah. if one was born 40 years earlier from a different mom. <laughs> yeah. It's an unusual family, but it can happen. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, <laughs> couple, couple comments. Uh, so, uh, Sarko, I know Skyrim is Skyrim came up in many comments. Fatboy says Fallout 3 is his favorite. Um, also, I want to call out that Cool Kill mentioned the game uh, from a 3D kind of perspective, uh, Mario 64, which, uh, you know, was a revolutionary game, game at the time. Uh, game absolutely revolutionary. Absolutely. Yeah. And let me just point out one more. Uh, what, what's we up to? Exhibit like 97 of Mr. Bad Take, Ghost of Tsushima. Oh, is his favorite? Great game. Favorite of all time. Favorite, man. Yeah. See, uh, the point just gets proven over and over again. Ghost of Tsushima so. is elegant. I like that one. Um, I know I love I love that game too. But. So I, I will say this for me, um, you know, I I have like a rotating top five depending on my mood, basically. Witcher three is one of those. I am not going to say that's my favorite open world game. I'm instead going to go with my, uh, my the hipster answer that no one knows, I guess, uh, which is Star Control two, um, okay. which is very often sitting in my top spot as favorite game again depending on my mood. But if you haven't played it, you can get it open source someplace called the Urquan Masters open source released from the actual creators of the game. Uh, it's maybe a 10 hour play. Uh, I cannot recommend it more. It has a dynamic star system uh, that you explore with your ship and all sorts of things can happen out there. All sorts of surprises, all sorts of secrets uh, and a tremendous narrative to boot and a narrative, by the way, that if you do play star control two, you will find is used in pieces and bits and bobs in a number of video games for the 30 years that followed. Okay. I know it. Yeah. I, I am not a star control fan. I never really got into them, but I know plenty of people who reference star control to as an all time great. So interesting. Uh, Beast mode says grand theft auto Four. anyone. Um, OBM says Elden ring right up there since elder scrolls. Uh, and then 1030 Media Group. 1030 Media Group, I don't remember seeing you before. Good morning to you. Says, actually love the open world and abilities in Cyberpunk. So, there you go. Cyberpunk, Cyberpunk's open world. I, I, to be clear, the actual open world, the city, is uh, a, a testament to their art and their developers. The city in Cyberpunk is crazy. Yeah. I guess I is. haven't spent that much time going it around is. it. but yeah. <clears throat> Travis, um, come on. Give us one. I cannot give you my oh, favorite bro. open world game come on just pick one and, and here's why here's why there are so many genres there's so many genres do you see types. travis's issues with commitment right now do you see mm -hmm. them? i know god I know. dude it's it it I here am, comes I, the five minute caveat buckle in go. i am i am offended that you even asked the question oh because, it's my fault now now yes, it's my fault because here's the <laughs> thing Ains, Ains, i feel the same way about you asking tell me your favorite open world game of all time as you would be if i told you hey Ains, what's your 67th favorite game of all time 
Like you would have no even idea to how to even approach that. You know what I mean? Like that's I just because that's a stupid question. Your favorite is yours not. is stupid too. <laughs> that, that's my point. It's, like, it's fun. You know that the three of us had no problem picking one for fun. This is not a serious conversation. There's too many genres. I have. You're talking about sandbox games. You're talking about like I, you know what I mean? Like I it's, do I go like the Minecraft route? Do I go? I just can't. I can't Travis, even get close. Just name a video game. Just forget Ains's question. Name any video game that pops into your head right now. Uh, um, Postal, Postal 4. Postal 4 is his favorite open world there game. There you go. You know what? You know what? We're Portal done. 2. Portal 2 is my favorite Portal open 2. world game of all time. Great. Not at all an open world, but I Not like it. Not at all an open like world, it. and I chose it. Thank you, OPM. Yes. Uh, you know, here we go. I, I honestly, I think those have the exact same, like, quantitative merit. So, <laughs> wait, wait. The first and 67th are the same? Yeah. Why does it matter? What? Why does You're it matter? Usually it's just so a list. It's, it's just a list. So why does it matter? Concept, what, one, 67? Just... Travis, you have an ability to pick apart arguments with finesse that is unrivaled in the industry. But that's Thank the you. dumbest thing you've ever I, said. Uh, <laughs> I just, I, well, I'll take issue with that. There's been plenty of other dumb things. I, I literally a lot. Like, he says a lot. Of stuff. <laughs> yeah. What is the difference between me asking Travis? You favorite, only favorite and only you, only you could take a question as simple that is asked favorite. fifty times a day. What's your favorite open world game? And turn it into a ten minute debate about why it's a dumb question. Only you I, can do that. Why do the words favorite and best exist? <laughs> Fair. <laughs> It's just favorite. Like all you had to do was just pick a game you really love. And I think, to me, the question was too broad. I just, it's, oh it's, it, it's, fine, it, Travis. it's insane. It's it, you know what? This is, this is a perfectly reasonable answer for Travis. This is, this is Travis. You know what? It'd be, it'd be a bit like if you asked me, Ains, hey, Travis, what's your, what's, what is best in life? And I'm just like, <laughs> I, I don't even know. Like, that's such a big philosophical question. I'm going to be even here for hours Conan going back and forth. Even Conan knows the answer to that question. Conan yeah. does know the answer, but it, it, I just, you know what I mean? Like, it would, we would have to sit here and, and philosophize. And we'd have to go through all the stuff. Like, Why this, is this a philosophical question? It's just because, a game. Yeah, but there's philosophy in games, is, is there not? This is my favorite thing today, folks. So. Oh, my I God. Just, I mean, I'm, I'm here like, I'm Socrates. I want and I'm Travis to spend the rest of his bit cast appearances from now until the end of his days refusing to answer any of the things. <laughs> okay. Here we go. Here we go. Someone clip out, I'm Socrates. <laughs> Someone, okay, here, here. If you give me a week to answer this question, I'll give you okay. an answer. All right, next week. Travis, I'll answer you next week what my favorite open world Why is. does it make can't. it? Wait, based on your argument just now, why would having a week to answer it make any more sense? Because it's still an insane question, but if I have a week to ponder it on a mountaintop like a monk, maybe we'll get to the bottom of this of this incredibly difficult question you've posed. Wait, is, is, the, is the implication that you're going to spend the week on a mountaintop between? Yes, <laughs> I am. <laughs> I honestly, I'm going to isolate. I'm going to remove myself. I'm going to live a transcendental life. Man would have just said MLB week. the show, and we would have moved on. Yeah, okay? yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I just I can't. It's such a it's such a daunting question to me. What is best in it. life, Ains? We'll look forward to your twenty. That's not a question. Paper. Hey, Luke. What makes life worthy? What What makes life uh, worthy? That's not like a question what, either. You're using what, weird what words. Ma- what makes What makes uh, What makes living um, meaningful? Luke? I have two answers. Answer on one the spot. Is, my real My real one is love, 
And the answer I wanted to say to be spiteful was Zack Snyder. (laughs) (laughs) I I love, I honestly reading between the lines. I I love the way you answered this, Travis, because I think deep down, you know, this is being ridiculous, but you're just digging in so deep because you're, you're like that tick that refuses to come out. This will be a challenge. Let's double down. Exactly. Let's just just put it this way, Ames. When you asked the question, I felt like a deep, like, anxiety wash over me like i was like i i, I just i was how overwhelmed do you get through the, the days i was overwhelmed by the question it's do so you, much did you do you wear a helmet like every day i don't ladies and gentlemen hey, Ains, okay here how about this how about this paid what? to give his opinion Ains, if i if i asked you i know you're stream, paid to give opinions all the time you can't name again you can't name your right, favorite but, game but here's the thing i don't name games in context to one another i don't go is this game better than this i have just give a score to that, that Actually, game Travis, that's, that's a great question have you ever used as a reference point another game when reviewing the game before you i use other games as reference points for like things that are done well or whatever but i don't i, I never make comparisons to one another but it's you always make the analysis that one game does something better than another game correct right? correct so you absolutely. See how if you if you take this out to its logical conclusion then sure. you can in fact ordinarily rank the games and their doing of things and you and could one would be one would be best sure and if you okay. but if you but if you ask me to rank you know seven million things and yes. then and then through that to determine the one then do you not understand how that would be an overwhelming question? You've got, like, you got a does not compute. You're that old Star Trek episode. The computer is frying. I can see. That's right. I'm understand. frying out. You guys have asked me a question. This It'd be like if I asked Ains, hey, Ains, which of your kids is the best? I mean, you can compare that them. That is so not even close to the same, same question. Quantitatively, which of your when kids is the best? That he values which was the best? Ask, answer me. Three, okay. He values Nerf Legends. He values it as much as Witcher 3. It's just too hard to pick between them. Yeah. There are positive and negative aspects about all of Anza's kids. So one of them is better quantitatively. I just want him to tell me which. The question question didn't even have the word best. It was what was your favorite? favorite. I mean, favorite implies best. Come on. It's got to. It's Uh, not necessarily. for you. No. No, no. And, like, and how you know how does ranking your kids have anything to do with liking a video game? You've, I'm just you've, saying. You've taken this further than any point you've taken before, and I love you for it because it's hilarious. <laughs> but this is, yeah, you've gone off the deep end with this one. I'm well, just you saying. Into, you I'm went just into saying. guys' kids' territory. Like, <laughs> in a different context, you would, you'd be walking a line right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh my I'm just God. saying, if I asked you that, it might take you a week to come up with an answer. You couldn't answer okay. it immediately on stream. Oh boy! All right. I don't know. I met a lot of parents who have a favorite kid. Maybe <laughs> <laughs> I live on the internet in general. I have oh, no, um, I have no frame of reference here as a childless man. But yeah. well, well, at least uh, if nothing else, that was uh, the segment I'm going to have to uh, cut out at least what a part of that on? because that went way too long. But we're going to have to Sorry. cut that out at some point. I am Socrates is definitely going to be a new gif. I think that uh, you know we have to <laughs> you use get that on. A, you got to get that on a glass with the. <laughs> so we have Witcher three, Arkham Knights, uh, Hogue was star control, star, star control. control thank you. I want to say Star Lancer. Two. Also a great Just game. So we have to be very clear on this. It's two on that. Two star control two. Sorry, sorry. Star, star control one control is not two. a narrative game. And. Lay Socrates <laughs> and demurs, not applicable. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's do what we got. No gamer, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he said two dollar euros, uh, euro uh, super chat for Gecko Gamer. You give games a score, Travis. 
I do. And you the, fundamentally the, rank them on a weekly correct, basis. Correct. And the and the scope of a game review is how is this one game? Not how is <laughs> you know, how is no, every right. how is every game that's ever been created ranked to one another and then pick one and create it wasn't a list ranked. Of, it wasn't ranked. You're, you're it was favorite. Right. IGN never ever ranks things. That is not anything that IGN ever does. <laughs> they do. They do. And I've been involved in one of those conversations. And then the entire conversation, I was just like, this I, is extremely I hard. Want that, I want your version of that conversation in the IGN back offices or Zoom call to be exactly what this was for us just now. I want, more, I want that. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. When, when they did it, the IGN was, what are the best 25 PC games you could play right now? And as soon as we started the conversation, everybody was like, all right, I know that's an insane question. So here are the rules. So they made rules. It has to be has to come out in the last 10 years. It can't be longer than 10 years. Okay, that cuts off a huge part of the list. And then they did all these other things to kind of narrow it. And I was like, all right, this is starting to make sense to me. But, it, you know, just I'm, re- I'm reaching conditions. I'm reaching out to a context at IGN right now to say, please, please, assign, do. I, please assign Travis a task of the 50 greatest open world games of all time in order ranked please please god i could do it it would just take me longer than 15 minutes on a live stream with you to kind of like figure it out it's just too little you know you there are caveat words right like i know we've been on the stream together a lot you could say you know i'm not positive this would hold forever but right this second gun to my head this is my answer I think I caveat basically yeah. everything I say on this stream. Yeah. Like, th- oh I said God. the same thing when I said Witcher 3. I said, yeah. holistically, I typically, Witcher probably Witcher Absolutely. 3. Absolutely. When I said Star Control 2, I said, well, oftentimes I say Witcher 3, but I'm in the mood today to say Star Control 2. Yeah. I'm not I, uh, wedded fine. to that. I'm not That's wedded the, to it. Nobody favorite favorite things fine. are all based on mood. Fine. <laughs> Just give me 30 more seconds. Sarko says, in odd news, IGN just released an opening for a game reviewer. (laughs) (laughs) I say, well, here's the thing. I I take issue with anybody who says that, A, (coughs) game reviews are not comparing them to other games. They're telling you how that game is. And somebody said, like, oh, your game. Somebody in the comment, I was going to reply to him. I think I said that he was wrong and that didn't have time to elaborate. He said that uh, your reviews mean nothing because I can't compare them to other games and other scores. That's not true at all. IGN reviews, if I give you a seven, I'm saying your game is good. If I said it was eight, I'm saying it's great. So seven would by, by mean good, not great. But I'm not saying it's, you know, compared to this game. It's just the context of that. I, I back up the position yeah. when people see remakes that are clearly better in frame rate, get a lower <laughs> review than the ones before because gaming Correct. has moved on. I'll back Correct. all that up, but you still need to say a game name, Travis. Fine. Yeah. I'm going to say... Uh, <laughs> Morrowind. <laughs> I'm gonna say Morrowind. Morrowind. There we go. You got something out of me. Morrowind. Long-legged monster beast. And let me let me tell you why it's one of my favorite ones. It's because it the world is a super weird fantasy. Weird. It 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 is. You and I agree on this. It is sort of Elden Ring like in how much it does not care if you see all of it. It doesn't really give you a path or anything. It's it's just it takes you a long time to kind of understand it. But it's so in depth and so well yeah. built that you could spend hundreds of hours in it and still not see everything and the fact that it was made so long ago and still holds up as an open world i i will put that up there it's going to be one of my Wonderful favorites that, that took 30 seconds why All was right. that so hard it felt good it, felt it was good, hard guys. it was that hard was i mean we, it was like no, pulling no. teeth you cannot get rid of travis's neuroses this is great continues <laughs> to be great just, travis you do you okay bud Ains. Dude, he's all flustered. He's sweating. His hair is dude. It is like you asked me to choose a kid. That's how I feel. I just want you to know that. It's the same. And that's how you I know, know you you've never had them. kids. Yeah, I was going to that is the right Or thing. maybe it's, it's how you know that I like games kid. that much. Maybe that's what it is. 
Oh my God. All right. Well, we didn't have I a lot of news it. this week, but that turned into a great segment. But I yes, that was a journey. That, that was. was a journey. I'm sorry, guys. You had to that drag me kicking and screaming to give that an was, answer. You know what? That was the best. <laughs> <laughs> I love that after that entire 15 minute spiel or 20 minute spiel, you eventually just said a very norm and reason normal and reasoned answer like the three of us did immediately. They're all gonna be an- they're all gonna be normal no matter what answer I gave. It's just that that I was dealing with a uh I was having a crisis of identity of which one I would choose. That's just I love it. It's difficult. But see you 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 could have said Morrowind. You could have said just cause two. Nothing changes. None of us that doesn't change anything for you. It changes for me, Ains. Once it. the words leave my lips, it changes for me. <laughs> do you guys, <clears throat> do you ever have like a favorite game, but it has to be played in a certain way or certain system? Like I'm thinking about like, are me, you really going to continue this right now? No, right, right, right. Is right, this right, what sorry. we're doing? <laughs> sorry, 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 sorry. Moods matter. Moods do That's matter. Fair. Like I'm not That's in the fair. mood for Witcher 3 right now. <laughs> also difficulty. We didn't even get there. Some game, open world games have different difficulties. And yeah. Very true. Yeah, very true. Yeah, um, my favorite se- segment that I've done. <laughs> so I haven't laughed that hard in a while. That was good. That was good. <laughs> um, <clears throat> all right. We'll jump over to just a couple things to discuss real quick. So we'll just call out that CD Projekt Red announced this week kind of their, not a roadmap, but basically kind of on their earnings. <laughs> they talked about the things, yeah, that they're working on. But continuing to improve Cyberpunk, we knew that. Cyberpunk expansion is being uh, worked on heavily right now. They're going to share more details on it later this year. It'll uh, arrive next year. They obviously have the new Witcher title coming. I didn't realize this. Maybe I missed it. But <clears throat> the studio out of Boston named Molasses Flood, which created The Flame in the Flood a few years back, if you remember that kind of smaller game, uh, they're owned by CDPR now. And they are apparently working on an, uh, working on a game based on an, an IP that uh, CDPR owns. So that's coming. They have a new single-player Gwent spinoff game that is apparently in dev. And then a few other, you know, smaller things. They also announced at this time that Witcher 3 has passed 40 million units sold. So making it one of the best-selling games of all time. And Cyberpunk is now over 18 million units sold. Um, yeah, but look so, at that December 2020. I mean, Cyberpunk has not been flying off the shelves after no. December 2020. They did 14 million at launch. Yeah, in the first yeah. week, I think, right? Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, they've done four million since then, which is still impressive. But when you kind of compare to what it could have been, and compare to Witcher Three and other things, obviously. But Witcher Three is also Witcher coming up on seven seven years old. Witcher Three is now over forty million. Oh my god! Yeah, um, and we'll continue to you know it's continuing to sell well. Um, so, but just you know, impressive there. I I love that they're continuing to work on Cyberpunk. We're going to get that expansion. I hope it goes without saying. I hope that you know they continue to expand what's capable in that world. Um, so, you know, we'll see. see. They also delayed their Witcher three. Um, I don't know what you call it. Uh, update for uh new gen console update. Yes, they did. Uh, it was being worked on by Saber Interactive's Russian, uh, studio. And so they pulled it back from that studio and are bringing it in house into Poland in, uh, CDPR's main studio. And they said, because of that, uh, it's going to be, uh, delayed out of second quarter. They did reaffirm because people didn't read the details of why they pulled it out you know they didn't understand why it was being delayed context again is important um well, and- i mean yeah but w- that's another management kind of question for cdpr i mean witcher three's update was supposed to be before cyberpunks mm-hmm. yeah no 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 it yeah. wasn't no it yes. wasn't yes it was no it wasn't they changed the order there's no way to find out their, guys in their update a year <laughs> and a half ago or whenever no the the witcher three was going to be first 
Well, they said we're working on this, but when they gave their official timeline, it was Cyberpunk first quarter, Witcher second quarter. In their so in one of their roadmaps that was at the end of last year, that's that's mm -hmm. what they announced. Yeah. That flipped. That was notably flipped from the last time they had talked about it. Well, again, they they never they said they were working on it, but I I got 17 you, videos on CD Project Red roadmap. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you could certainly be right, but I don't all I was saying was I don't remember them giving a specific time frame for Witcher 3's update until they put out the roadmap at the end of last year. If they did, then I forget. No, they they did the quarter one, quarter two thing at the end of last year. Yes. Witcher, Witcher 3 was supposed to be for like if you think about what those big pictures were and the yes. lines that they had, yes. Witcher 3 was going to be first. Okay. It didn't, it didn't make it out that way. Um, so you. yes, there was a minor international uh, situation that developed is totally understandable <laughs> yeah. um, uh, for, for what happened there. But again, in my heart, I say, well, what, why are you, why are you prioritizing your cyberpunk over your Witcher? You got one crown jewel and you got one that's not, what are you doing? <laughs> so uh, yeah, so we'll see what happens. They did come out and say like, it's not in development hell or whatever other, you know, people are speculating. We'll see. Um, I just hope it's substantial, right? Like if they, if they take this long, like year and a half or whatever, and they come out and they just say, uh, okay, it's in 4k now. And you know, it looks good. Like, come it's on. I hope it. Yeah, I know. I know. I'm just hopeful. But anyway, let's talk about something more interesting, which is that we got his favorite game. <laughs> no, uh, we did get details this week. We talked about season two for Halo Infinite last week, um, but we got details on uh, a little more of what's coming from a Battle Royale perspective. Battle Royale. Yeah. And uh, so this comes out of uh, several kind of leaks and infinite, uh, you know, data mining and all this stuff that's happened over the past uh, few months. And then Jez kind of doubled down and did an article on this, tying it back to certain affinity. Uh, and certain affinity kind of having this deepening relationship with 343 that they announced this week. Uh, but apparently this is called Project Tatanka. Mm -hmm. Certain affinity has been collaborating with 343 on this for apparently two years, according to Jez. So a long time now since prior to Infinite's launch. Uh, they, from the leaks and what Jez says is that he's not entirely sure it's a BR in the same sense we think of it. Like not a direct correlation to what you would expect out of Fortnite, pub uh apex etc however uh it is kind of a a larger mode uh individual spartan standing as we saw last spartan standing previously it does have a closing ring so for all intents and purposes uh you know we're looking at this as uh their battle royale mode um and it should release sometime the plan is in season three or four for halo infinite which if you map that out will take you to uh you know third late third quarter to beginning of next year um so sometime in that three month seasons after yes. this one okay. yeah. yeah so season two is you know may to uh july and then you've got you know august october and so on so into january so we will see um i'm excited about this i know the the halo community is torn on battle royale i've said from the beginning and i think travis i know luke we've all talked about this uh i'm big on it i i love this uh you know, the more modes, the better, uh, especially with infinite sandbox and mechanics. So what I really wanted to ask here is, as you think about what could be a battle royale in Halo Infinite, what do you want to see out of it? What would be what what's something in this mode that you would really interest you and in kind of make it interesting in the Halo world? Um, ODST drops uh, weapons, weapons dropping in the way they kind of do now in, in big team battle. I think that'd be really cool. Uh, to see like the ability to call in different vehicles 
to augment your experience would be really cool. And uh, unapologetically, I would love a third person mode where you can see the customizations you've put on your Spartan. One of my favorite things in, in Halo, doesn't matter which, which version, is when you mount a turret or you do something where you can see your Spartan. I think that's really cool. And it would offer some gameplay differences uh, to the traditional Halo formula, which I think is needed. They, I mean, VR should be something that they prioritize uh, even ahead of, and I mean this wholeheartedly and bring whatever hate you have. This should be prioritized ahead of co-op and Forge. It needs to happen. Like, put that VR in there. Um, yeah, I, I want to see them playing with with all the things in the Halo sandbox, from from dropping things in, ODSTs, enemies, PVE. Do it. Do it. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. What you got, Trav? <laughs> yeah, I was just going to say, I think we don't need a third-person mode because you'll be seeing your character plenty since you'll be watching from the kill cam most of the time. I think we're good there. But uh, <laughs> I, uh, I don't know, man. I, I, I think I told Ains and Luke that, that I, I'm sort of meh <clears throat> on a battle royale for Halo just because I think the game design doesn't really match what a battle royale is. Like, Halo is designed as an arena shooter, and I think it does that super well. And everything about it is designed to be an arena shooter. And so when it tries to do these other things, it kind of seems like you know they're they 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 the the kid that that turned in something unexpected for his homework assignment, and he was like, "Well, I tried something new, and you know it doesn't really meet the the requirements of of what they were supposed to turn in." You know, so I I, I do think that there's like there's so much they need to build in Halo to make it to make infinite a successful game as a service, which is what they want to do, that this seems like a completely unnecessary distraction. And I understand that it's a different team building it, but that team could also be working on content for Halo Infinite and it needs it, right? And I think it's the necessary and, distraction. That's I, 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 think it, I think it is absolutely not. I think if anything, Halo Infinite's launch and the fact that it was super successful proves that you don't need a battle royale. I mean, it was like a very successful launch for Halo Infinite. It was people said, you know, the multiplayer was great. People were into it. Their one complaint was that after a month, they were like, well, we need more content. And the, the 343 wasn't ready to do that. So I think they should probably be using this other studio. Is it Certain Affinity that's working on yes. it? Yes. I think Certain Affinity should be like Bungie uses its uh, auxiliary studios or the ones that it used to have uh, working on content to come in tandem with the main team. Um, and, and I think that th that, Stuff like co-op, stuff like Forge, stuff like map packs and, and other content coming out and other game modes that are part of the core thing would be better suited. And then my question about Battle Royale is kind of the formula to Battle Royale has like RPG elements built into it that I think Halo doesn't have and that it would be weird for them to add on. Like the whole progression of upgrading your armor doesn't really make sense for a Spartan. The progression of upgrading your uh, weapons doesn't really make sense for the sandbox, seeing as they kind of just have a couple weapons and they all are pretty well balanced. Um, and then the other question is like, if I drop and I have a BR, is it really just like whoever's best at shooting and there's, it loses kind of like that randomness and exploration and like loot game that's kind of like a core part of being a battle royale. So I have a lot of questions about if that formula can even work in Halo. I have questions about their priorities in terms of the content they're working on. And I, 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 if it come when it comes out and it sounds like it's going to, I'm sure I will play the heck of it. I'll probably like it, but I I have a lot of concerns about this as a Halo fan. That that um, I don't know. Just seems before misplaced you, priorities. I have a lot of comments it. to add. I, I sure. do too, but I I want to know Travis's uh, experience level with BRs and which ones, if you don't mind. 
I've played all of them. Uh, I played a little bit of Fortnite. That one's not really for me. I liked Apex. I played a lot of Apex. That's like a you know more of a first person one. He said Apex. Uh, I think I said Hyperscape. Oh, oh Hyperscape. Nice. Yeah. I've played. Uh, I played um, PUBG when that was you know the the original one uh, back in the day. Um, so mm. I've played a lot of them, and I do I do enjoy it as a genre. I just think that that genre doesn't necessarily really jive with halo and i get what some people are saying like what are you talking about the world is totally it's got you know the you could drop in and a drop pod and like all the stuff but to me it's like what is the goal of halo to make an awesome well, uh you know shooter campaign and to create an arena sandbox shooter kind of like a competitive multiplayer and bad, i just think this is really out of scope so bad bit made a good point about Warzone. you know that they that happened and it shows that it can work and i think he's right when he when he put, makes that point because it was not originally it was more arena based it was more tdm it was it was very different than br but it, the mechanics the engine the, the feel can work and i think you could make a halo version of that. i, I so, i've talked a lot warzone right yeah. now exists because activision put every single developer on making stuff for warzone that is the only thing they're making right now so they are vastly bigger than 343 the question is, are they going to be able to support either their multiplayer, their campaign, or their battle royale to the extent that Travis suggests, and I think he's right, they would need to do so. So, I mean, it yeah. is a battle of resources. It is a discussion on those points yes. as well. Because yeah. Activision, Activision pulled everything to support Warzone. Warzone's their moneymaker. Um, yeah. It is now. It is Billions now. of dollars. But I mean, like, yeah. and, if, and if this ends up feeling like an add-on that also isn't supported, then they've just recreated their problem twice. Now they have I, two things that don't have enough content. You yeah, know, I, I, I think all of us agree on that front. On, on that front, of right, content is key. And we saw season two, and we talked about that last week. Like I said, but I think that it, it's it's clear, like we said last week, that three four three understands the content concern. I I I think it's clear they understand that. Um, and they're driving towards that. Whether I think it's to be seen whether they can release this mode as a fully featured kind of fantastic mode and fully support it along with continued season content that's interesting and extensive. I think your guys's point and concerns there are absolutely valid. Well, I want has the same problem that I think Luke properly identified, which is the third person is easier to monetize than first person, and 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 Warzone has hmm. seen this in spades. Um, and, and they've figured it out with various things that they can do that Halo might not be able to match, um, which goes to Travis's point. I, I, and, and I would love it if there were an awesome Halo Battle Royale that I really enjoyed. I, I think fundamentally you're, you're the last at the table right now. Halo games are different unless you're going to ditch some of the Halo staples, whether that's, you know, shielding uh, or, or how it's going to play. You're not going to feel like what people are playing right now. And to be truthful, if I'm being glib, Fortnite put in a Halo mode before Halo could put in a Fortnite mode, and Fortnite even has that advantage at this point in time. So, <laughs> okay, there's a couple things I want to tackle. So, uh, one, and I, and I talked about this earlier in the week, and I know many of us have talked about this, is we we often have to have, and we did this last week too, of comparing to Fortnite and comparing to Apex and comparing to Warzone and things, right? Those are games with years behind them now. But they're in the uh, market, and that's Oh, not, oh absolutely. Absolutely. And I think the reason that we've seen infinite kind of drop to the player counts has dropped recently is exactly what we all said, right? Is they just haven't delivered the content and there's more interesting things or newer things to go experience right now. Um, but I wanted to speak specifically about battle Royale as a methodology. Like, is this a mode that'll work in halo? Um, because I'm definitely on the positive side here. Uh, 
and thinking it will. So you, you touched on one thing I, I thought was interesting as you were saying it, Travis, which is fundamentally in like games like PUBG, right, or Apex or, or, or those games in general, you're looking for loot and you're kind of leveling up after every drop, right? And there's the scale of loot and scale of weaponry and scale of armor that doesn't necessarily tie into uh, what a Spartan or even an ODST would be. And I think how one of the ways I've thought about how they can overcome that is they 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 did that in Halo 5 and they did it quite well. Um, so I was imagining, and again, I'm coming from a very positive perspective and assuming that, you know, this is what I, more of what I'd like to see. Um, but what I was envisioning, right, is if you take that kind of open world uh, design that you have in Halo Infinite's campaign, but instead of just using that blank kind of canvas, um, you you incorporate classic Halo map design across that space, right? So like an area, you know how most uh, BRs obviously have all these different key points, right, that you can land in, et cetera. And they have certain design aesthetics that are key to the map on that point. Wouldn't it be great if a part of uh, this open world, uh, this BR world was Blood Gulch, right? And a part of it was a lockout tower. And a part That's of that it was... War zone. That's the yeah, war zone mentality. Exactly, the same model, right? Part of it was Valhalla. Because immediately then you have recognizable kind of nostalgic feel for Halo players as it is, right? Plus, it also creates a, a wide variety of combat scenarios that you can get into, which BRs need, right? Um, but from a weaponry standpoint, you, I think you have a template for Halo 5 with the uh, rarity weapon scale leading up to legendary weapons like Linda's sniper rifle and Kelly's shotgun and these yeah, things they... that you can find. Bring in the Halo lore to go with your weapon upgrades that you can find would be very interesting. Combine. Halo 5 did that with scalable weapons with the packs. That's exactly remember? what I just said, Luke. What I meant to say was I was agreeing <laughs> with you. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was just saying. Thing. So because Warzone, Halo's Warzone and Halo 5, that's what you did, right? With the cards and you got those upgraded weapons. Mm -hmm. And then I think from a Spartan perspective, would you guys want to see something like they did in Halo Infinite's campaign where you can find upgraded shields, upgraded, uh, you know, uh, tossable shields plus your armor shield. You have like you could... Maybe you have the grappling hook at launch. Maybe you don't. Maybe you can find the grappling hook. I don't know. I'm just throwing things out there. But I, my point is that I think there's ways that you can incorporate the typical BR design of upgradable players and loot into the Halo sandbox because they kind of have a template of how they could do that on their past couple of games. So that's that's one major point I wanted to make. Yeah, I, I think that's a. those are all fair points. I would love to see what their vision of it is. I still think that building it is misplaced use of efforts when they're currently suffering from you know the content drought on their existing game as a service true but i i think you even made the point last week but which is where they are now in this curve of release right is they're still very early yep. and, and I, it's normal I, totally. and it's normal and i again maybe i'm being overly positive and that's fine if i am and we can we'll obviously monitor this over the next several months but I, I, I think that they will get to that curve, right? They'll get to the cadence where their seasons will be three months instead of six. That's huge. Where they have multiple new maps and modes that are introduced with each season. That's your arena and your big team, your core Halo experience, right? Then Forge is going to come along. And everything we know about Forge and what it does, if you look at Halo 5 as an example, right? You get your custom games browser. You get the Forge maniacs out there who love custom games and custom building, right? And you allow players to match make in custom games. That's very important to be able to jump into games with other people globally, right? Because now you have this, you have your arena and big team, 
you have your open sandbox where players can just goof off and do whatever weird thing they can come up with, right? That's what's going to be Forge and Custom Games. And then from what we read is that the reason they're going down this BR route, which I think Luke was um, pointing to, is that there is an entire community of streamers and gamers, and it's a big community that only play Fortnite, Apex, or you know uh, the ones we've talked about, Warzone, okay. um, because Battle Royale is a huge subsection of the kind of shooting, first-person shooter slash streaming. Uh, yeah, they're trying uh, to go where the money is. I mean, community now. Yeah, so they're trying to do everything now. You're, the bigger question, of course, is. Can they do that, and can they do it well? That's the question. Should we they? Would. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, the thing. should and can are two different things, right? Yeah. Should I believe they should? Yes. Can is yet to be seen. Yeah. I. Yeah. To me, I. I don't. You're know You're saying they, should. they shouldn't, right? Yeah. I don't. I don't know. It just seems like a not core to what they're trying to build. If they're because everything about Halo Infinite is like arena shooter, you know. Yeah, and the, and the mechanic we've talked at length about that. Yeah, I mean, we love yeah, that. I think just, from I love it to death. I think the mechanics are second to none in that space. But yeah. think about the fun we had playing in Infinite's open world, right? And the shooting mechanics and the grappling mechanics and the scalable, like putting that into a multiplayer experience, I have to think would be pretty incredible. I certainly see it. I certainly see it. I worry about them bloating their product before they've managed to master that content Agreed. delivery pipeline. That's I a feel fair like they concern. should do that first. Agreed. Yeah. It's a fair yeah. concern. That's why I said, like, should they? I think they should. Can they is a whole different question. Um, because they they don't, I don't think any of us are 100% confident or even high percentage confident that they're going to do all of these things well and in a timely manner. Yeah. Not without more butt shots. Yeah. <laughs> They'll probably do it well, but timely manner. Yeah. It's a whole different question, too. Yeah. yeah. It's a whole different question. The, only, so. the only helpful aspect of that is there's no competition. There's no competition right now. It's the only thing that's going to allow them to return unscathed is there's no competition right now. You mean like uh, launching, you mean? Like launching, new, new, yes, new, yes. 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 I'm sorry. Very good. Very good caveat to put in there. <laughs> yeah. Because Fortnite, Fortnite's crushing it, right? Fortnite? <laughs> yeah. 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 Sorry. I, no new games are arriving that would compete with, with its updates. That's mm. what I meant. And so one our, of their competitors might end up being one of their products as well. Warzone. Oh, which is hilarious, right? To think about that long-term oh, um, kind of thing. Um, Arvin says in the chat, mode was already in development, you know, but it was bricking Xbox once. So they asked a uh, certain affinity to work on it while they managed other important things. Probably, you know, going back to... Uh, 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 make I've, it not Xbox One. That's the make other question, right? One. Yeah, that's the other question is, do you make this uh, series and PC only? Um, you yeah. know, the depends on how they obviously develop it and what it what well, resources it would be a different from. product so they could even do it without different app that, that, that was in the report as well is that this will be similar to warzone and call of duty as you have a hub but this is a standalone thing cool yeah, yeah. Rock which I is like also how you monetize it separately too to hope the same the same hope i had for the show which is a different discussion but if it gets people into halo enjoying what i love rock on you know what i mean i love halo same way i love star wars and there's a lot of ways to enjoy Halo and a lot of ways to enjoy Star Wars. And if it gets more people interested, I don't care. That's where it the is. thing, too. If it injects new life, you know, there may be people that exactly what you're saying. There may be people that will come over and play Halo Infinite for the first time because it's a BR and that's what they like who haven't touched Halo before. 
Right. Just don't, just don't give up on your original vision and your original project, please. I agree. That's my, Completely. I, agree that I, well. I can see this being a runaway hit and then them being like, all right, Halo is no longer an arena. Hello, Vanguard. Anymore. Call of Duty oh. Vanguard says hello. <laughs> yeah. Grand Theft Auto model. Yeah. Or Grand Theft Auto. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So anyway, uh, we'll see. We, you know, we've all been kind of speculating on that for a while, um, but it's going to be interesting to watch unfold. I, I'm, I'm interested in season two. I'm excited to get back to it. Um, but I think season two over the next few months, we're going to see how adept three, four, three has become at kind of solving some of these issues. I think internally, it's fair to say of content delivery, right? We're going to need to see what they can do over that three month season to keep players engaged and how quickly they can kind of, uh, pivot to being ready for a meaningful season three launch as well. Um, those, these next few months are going to be, um, and lightning, for like, uh, lack of a better word, of how three four three is going to drive forward. In my opinion, in my opinion, I had to add that for you, Travis. Yeah, it's thanks, important. man. No, yeah, yeah. 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 In, in my opinion, you're right, definitely. Did you did you did you guys see the uh, the Paul Tassi, in my opinion, uh, thing that blew up on Twitter this week? I did. I defended. Yeah, him. and I was just like, bro, this is what I'm talking about. In my opinion, it's, it's, <laughs> no, it's a no, beam hard system. Him. I defend. Yeah. yeah, no, it's. Yeah. If you didn't if you didn't see it, basically he didn't put in my opinion at the headline of his article that was clearly an opinion, and then people were mad at him, like, why are you stating this like it's fact? And he was just like it's not even that. The, the freaking yeah. the, the people came out and says you do you don't speak for all of us. It's like I, <laughs> no I, kidding. I, yeah. <laughs> I love when people they say that you don't speak it was about for all the Halo us. show, by the way. Obviously. Yeah, his, head, his headline was the Halo show is in trouble or it's it's, you know, it's got not issues. going great. I believe it's not, not going, going great, great is what he yeah. said. Yeah. How dare you? I how thought, dare you speak for me? I thought that was a reasonable, understated opinion he put for his headline. Yeah. But, you know, who am I? Maybe not even that controversial, really. Yeah. Maybe the people saying we don't speak. For, you don't speak for me. Work at Forbes. It's that would make sense. It's right? another Forbes staffer. Yeah, another Forbes staffer really that. upset that this outlet's speaking for him. That would make sense to me. As Eric Kane comes out of the woodwork. It's a shut up, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> I love this show. It's going great. Um, yeah, I, you know what's funny, guys? And we're going to save kind of episode discussion. Dan's not here. Uh, I know you said you haven't watched episode four yet. And we'll, we'll kind of move on. I know Hogue was moving on, too. So I'll, I'll save that for future episode when when we have a couple all i got was a dm that said i missed more male nudity and i said you know what i didn't actually miss it thank you though (laughs) so we'll save that but it is funny don't you guys think it is funny how i mean it was halo so i always think that there was going to be a broad opinion you know on the show to begin with no matter how good it was but it, it is crazy how drastically different opinions on the show are it is so far afield from what i think of when i think of halo i can't even they're not even in the same yeah, I know you're 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 all the way over here, um, and I talk to people every day that are all the way over here. I'm somewhere in the middle, but it just it is weird to me how uh, how vast the opinions are. I guess that I never be- want to take anything away from anybody. I'm glad if you like it. I cannot imagine the thought process gets you there. Honestly, just sitting yeah. here as I am myself. If you would have told me that Master Chief would be in a total of one firefight by the end of episode four, I would have laughed at you. <laughs> 
Like, it's crazy. There's been other characters who have been more firefights than him. What's her name? I don't think there's a war going on, as far as I can tell. <laughs> I just, yeah, it's crazy. I don't, I, the, the show's really lost me, but I'm still <laughs> going to watch it. I'm watching it every week. Like, basically, I do it like on Saturday night because I remember I have to have watched it for this show. Yeah. It's kind of been my MO. I haven't yeah. watched episode four. As I said before, I have gotten a lot of DMs begging me to watch it. So, <laughs> I, you know, I don't know. I, uh, I, I actually watched it early. I had someone send it to me this week. So I watched it on Tuesday and um yeah i don't know i i'm okay with it um yeah it's funny that you describe yourself as the middle because on this panel i'm the middle we've got hogue and we've got you and i'm the middle it's weird um one more thing i just forgot to mention i'm sorry uh because uh beast mode mentioned in the chat too is about this uh uh halo br so someone asked is it a standalone mode yes it's supposedly from what we know is a standalone mode probably free to play. You could probably expect the same type of thing we've seen out of others in this space. Uh, but also that they're developing it uh, to be able to run all sorts of different variations. So even like team-based BRs, um, multi-squad BRs, things like that. So like four teams of 20, you know, that type of thing. Um, so that, that could be further interesting too. And maybe tie a little bit more back to the Halo feel, but uh, I forgot to mention that. So um, yeah, well, we'll talk about the show more in the future. Um, so a couple a uh, couple things to announce before we close out. So we are on episode 199 today. And, and guys, as always, if you're tuning in and, and joining us, thank you so much. Uh, we've had a lot of people. Well, I mentioned this before, but, you know, a lot of people that watch on YouTube uh, after the show is live. So really appreciate you guys. Feel free to leave us a comment. I'm trying to do better at, at bringing up comments. We did it today a little bit from the prior week that we can talk about. So if you can't catch us live, you can still feel like you're uh, included as part of the show. So please do that. Leave uh, your complaints, your anger any way you want engagement is key youtube loves it so if you've got some thoughts about me travis anybody else leave them there absolutely 100 yeah. <laughs> percent um <clears throat> dan we'll be back in the next episode there will be no big cast next week we are taking a week off i will actually not be in town we are taking a two-week gap before we do episode 200 which is going to be a special episode uh, it's going to be uh, less about the news and more about kind of fun gaming moments. I don't know how Travis is going to get through it because we're going to talk about favorite things, you know. Just don't Give him the question ahead of time. Definitive, man. I just <laughs> I need, to, need to have some processing time for us. <laughs> but uh, we I'll write have... you up some disclaimers you can read on air, Travis. There you Thanks, go. Yeah, we'll put it up in the corner. I really do need uh, hope with my legal team for sure. <laughs> so episode 200 will effectively be uh, Sunday, this normal time, just two weeks from now, which is May 1st. So May 1st, that Sunday morning, we're going to have a lot of guests swinging by, um, you know, that, you know, from other shows and other outlets uh, just coming by to hang out with us briefly and, and chat and have a good time. So we'll have some prizes to give away as well. Um, it's just going to be fun. So looking forward to celebrating with you guys on, on episode 200. It's kind of, it's mind boggling to me that we're almost at episode 200, but uh, it's uh, never been a better time. Honestly, love where the big cast is at. Love you. Love you chat joining us every week. The community that tunes in, you guys are awesome. So if, um, yeah, and we're growing. So if you love this content, share it with a friend, bring them in. Episode 200 is going to be a great time. Yeah. Yeah. Good point. Yeah. Right, please do. Going to grift mode. I've been grifting a lot this past week. <laughs> so. No, he's right though. I mean, uh, it, it's great to be starting to see, you know, a thousand views on, uh, on YouTube for VidCast. And I already mentioned a couple of weeks ago about how many people are tuning and listening. Uh, it's the biggest we've ever been and continue to grow. And, um, it's great, man. It's really great interaction. And again, fantastic, uh, fantastic chat today. And, uh, again, it's, 
it's just a good community. There's no one that we have to, that gets out of line, right? We're all just having a fun conversation. So it's a oh, lot we get of out of line all the time, but it's in a friendly manner. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Um, so anyway, should be a lot of fun. Uh, and then this week on, um, season gaming, um, I've got, uh, the next, uh, uh, Patreon exclusive, uh, conversation will go live later this week. It's with a, a big person in the industry, which I'm excited to share. I'll be sharing that early this week, but look for that. And, uh, <laughs> he said well, a big I, person travis don't worry about oh, him. i said oh. a big person you and i have already done a one-on-one by the way um that's true that's true we already did that's right that's, <laughs> so that's actually that. channel if you want to uh check it out um but uh yeah if you enjoy the content we do i'll just shout out check out our patreon there's some some cool things that we're doing out there and then uh steve uh for season gaming will be at pax east later this week as well and uh, doing a lot of coverage there for us to look for some unique kind of interviews and game views and things like that later uh, this week on the site as well. All right, let me jump over. Luke, thanks for hanging out with us today, dude. Appreciate you stepping in with Dan being out of town. And uh, the conversation, as always, God of War is not one of the best games ever made, but we'll let you for go sure. on that one. Sure. Um, anyway, man, Luke, where can we find you, man? Uh, you can find me on all your podcast services. Uh the Xbox Expansion Pass is the the weekly show that I host there. Uh, the Lauren Landing interview went up last week, and the Shredders interview is dropping this afternoon. So you guys Shredders. are more than what's that? The Lauren Shredders. Landing stuff made some noise. I saw it. it yeah, we talked about noise. that at the top. Oh, okay, we, right. went... I, I apologize for missing that. I was, you know. Oh no, you're fine. However, but yeah. however the journalists of the world treated it, you should be very proud of, of getting <laughs> messages out there and, and being seen. So I, I wanted to say that. Thank you, man. That means a lot coming from me. I really, really Absolutely. appreciate that. Thank you. Um, but yeah, the, the Shredders interview drops today. And then uh, find me on Twitter at Insipid Ghost and keep an eye on Season Gaming. I have a print interview coming up soon. Uh, soon. <laughs> That's all I can say. Is- Trademark. I, just, I just want it to get, I want to get it back before I, yeah. I love yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Rick, thanks for uh, taking time out of the Easter with the family today to hang out as always. Um, yeah, we're going to be doing more Easter after this. As I said, Easter Ace Attorney is a thing that will be happening at the Hogue household. Uh, Easter but Ace yeah, Attorney. so uh, with all the extra time I saved from watching Halo uh, this past week, I've been one covering a lot of the first big public potential hostile takeover fight of the modern era uh, and Elon Musk fighting Twitter. And it's only going to get more fun and interesting from there. So if you like that, we've already got four or five videos in the playlist because there's a lot going on there it will get even more interesting as we go come join us in virtual reality if you don't like that if you're interested in a little bit more salacious celebrity stuff i'm actually helping cover the live streams of the Depp heard trial uh, on a channel called legal bites which i would recommend checking out there i've been on for like 31 hours i think in the last week um so i am i am commenting on on johnny depp and amber heard uh pretty regularly so you can go hmm. check out that and then in the meantime, after that, I'm, you know, practicing law, running a law firm, doing legal documents. You're not that interested in that. So uh, come out to YouTube, Black Hog Law, Virtual Legality. If you want more of my wonderful takes that I'm sure you agree with entirely, 1,000%. I'm also at Twitter, at Hog Law, same spelling. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> Travis, end us out. Yeah, uh, despite despite what um, what Ains thinks, I am I actually am a big guy in in the games reviews uh, world. Um, I found out this week I've written more reviews for IGN than any other reviewer. So wow. I just want if you if you want, well, what, to, I want to, I think that's yeah. awesome. why did you say despite what Ains thinks? <laughs> because you said you're interviewing a big person in the industry. Remember? Yeah, but it was that a callback. Next to work, 
I know I'm joking. It was I'm a callback. See, I set um, him up because I told him that you weren't. I implied. Yeah, he I was. I, I was just joking. Yes, I'm too many people uh, involved. Um, All right. The point is, you can read my reviews on IGN.com. <laughs> and tomorrow morning, I have at 7 a.m. Pacific a review of Postal Four: No Regrets going live uh, that you can hate watch along with me. Um, and then uh, in May, I'll have my review of Trek to Yomi once that's done. And uh, yeah, I've also just been creating a bunch of content. I've got a, a preview for. Um, the new Outriders content has that been announced? I don't, I can't remember. Uh, anyway, I've got uh, forget I said that. Um, I've got a there preview it is. coming out. I've got a preview <laughs> coming out. Uh, I've got uh, I've got some other stuff I've been working on. So um, you can find all that at ign.com and you can uh, follow me on Twitter at Tiger Travis. Um, I also did a um, a show on Monday with uh, Colin Last Stand, uh, Defining Duke, where I talked about um, pay and uh, compensation in the freelance space with uh, games, uh, games uh, writers and, and content creators. Um, this is a uh, an issue that is close to my heart and that affects me because I am uh, a a happily and uh, and uh, by choice a contractor for IGN, and so uh, only get paid for the work that I do. Um, and so, if you want to check that out, you can you can find that online. I think that might be behind their Patreon uh, paywall, but um, uh... if you're did you say it was ultimate? It's ultimate, yeah. Yeah, it's a ultimate. paywall. Yeah, so it's behind a paywall. Um, but popular enough, he'll pop it out. There you go, and hopefully it'll be walk. popular enough. I really, I really like that conversation. I went into the um, the call with three people who uh, were basically against me. They were they were all like pretty upset about the IGN tweet of twenty dollars. I, I was going to ask if that was a precipitating event. Was the news the news? It was. Of, uh, and we, and we, we talk about the tweet as like the kickoff for the episode. And so basically that, you know, there was a tweet from IGN about uh, how much they pay their news writers and a lot of people were upset about it. So they decided to do a show. And I basically put my foot in the door and said, Hey, put me in this show because I'm actually a contract for IGN. And then uh, very quickly turned all three of those opinions mostly around. I was just like, look, this is the way it works. And kind of just went in with, my informed guy is somebody who used to write news uh, as a as a uh, as a contractor, but it was a really great conversation either way, and and you should uh, listen to that. That's all I've got to shill for. We need more of that. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, you know, that's actually funny. So you can get Travis on paid content on Defining Duke Ultimate over at Last Stand. I'm also on paid content this week at Sacred Symbols Plus with Colin talking about Activision and law. So yeah, nice, you know, hell yeah. You can pop over to our apparently sister site. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> cool. <laughs> Ains, you've been on their stuff too, right? Yeah, a couple times. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, nice. yeah, good, We're all, good content, big happy uh, family. Yeah, good content, good guys, and good topics. Honestly, uh, I really do appreciate the topics they cover. And what I was about to say, Travis, is it's it's good for someone like you to speak up on that kind of topic because, yeah, that that tweet about IGN's pay rates for hourly or you know content, whatever it was, it, it of course blew up. Goes back to what we were talking about at the beginning of the the uh, show with Luke's thing, right? Blows up, but there's a lot of context to provide there. And someone like well, you, you has actual experience with it. It's good to hear from. If so. you want to know why media companies are so damn cagey about telling you a thing about what they're going to pay you, that's the reason. <laughs> exactly. That's all what happened. <laughs> exactly. And by the way, Travis, uh, congrats on being the top reviewer at IGN. I just want to let you know, you are my favorite reviewer at IGN. I didn't have to think about that for half an hour. Also, I don't know what top reviewer means. I I have the highest volume, volume. of reviews. So that's <laughs> well, like... it means that however one might feel about IGN at any given moment, understand that the largest proportion of that feeling 
It's actually Travis. It's about me. Yeah, that's right. In my opinion, <laughs> in my opinion, Travis is my favorite. Nice, yeah. thanks, man. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, like I said, remember we don't have a show next week, so take care. Uh, find us on Twitter. We'll obviously be interacting with everyone, and look forward to Bigcast 200 on May 1st, two weeks from now. Um, as always, if you're tuning in, watching us live chat, you've been awesome today. And uh, and thank you guys so much. So until then, uh, the big cast, as you know, is your weekly show or now biweekly. See, I, I set that up wrong. Your weekly show covering all things Xbox, PlayStation, Nintendo and PC with industry, technical and legal insight. Until next time.